Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we are back. It's Thanksgiving, baby, mm-hmm. or it's about to be for us. It's a new tradition, about two years old now. This is the third third Thanksgiving we're doing it. Star Wars live commentary time. Mm-hmm. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always thankful to be here. Oh, and I'm always thankful to have you. Um, we got a fun movie on the docket today, as as some of the listeners may know, um, if you've been with us for a long time now. But uh, if you're if you're a newcomer here, uh, tradition me and Joe started about two years ago now was doing a live commentary into the wee hours of Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we're mm-hmm. starting here at about 10 p.m. night before Thanksgiving uh, or 10:50 now, um, and the movie will take us past midnight. Um, into end of the day that you know we celebrate what we're thankful for and i for one am very thankful for star wars I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for the pod why not combine the two and celebrate the way we know how uh we've done star wars a new hope that was the first one we ended up delaying that episode to like february to fit in with a 52 year journey through film and then last year we did and uh, rogue one fresh off the conclusion of andor yes um Yes, that and now we are continuing. Rogue One. Okay, I was wondering yes. why we. What made us choose Rogue Andor One? Andor literally ended Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Makes um, sense. That makes so we were like, let's fucking do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are continuing the tradition with Solo, a Star Wars story, and I am so very excited. Uh, this movie gets kind of a bad rap. Um. And I enjoy it a great deal. So I'm ready to fucking talk about it if you are ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Now, you will not have to watch the movie along with us. Hopefully the conversation will be enough on its own for you to listen to it without having the movie. But I strongly recommend you pull up Disney+. Plus. Strongly recommend you pull up Disney+. Plus. You go to Solo, A Star Wars Story. You click on it. You scrub that thing back to zero. 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 You know, the full, full, full aughts, nothing but O's. Um, and when I do the countdown, I'm going to do a classic, classic Han and Chewy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go three, two, one, punch it. And on punch it, you're going to press play and we're going to go into hyperdrive and we're going to watch some fucking Star Wars. Oh, I'm ready. I'm Let's ready, fucking get it then. The next countdown you hear is the official countdown so get to disney plus get to solo scrub that thing back to zero and we will begin in three two one punch it gotta love that lucasfilm logo baby <laughs> this Stuff time of year 
this time of year, it makes me so, there's something nostalgic about it that makes me so damn happy. This time of year is nostalgic. Star Wars is nostalgic. It's a, it's a perfect time for it, man. But right now, it is a lawless time, some would say, actually. Some might. Uh, the Solo, not Crawl, you know? I like that it continues tradition that Rogue One set, you know, a couple years prior with just the, the blue a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. That one didn't give us so much background here. They're like, Lady Proxima, Corellia, it's these mean streets. We got a little bit of a Scorsese reference there. Yeah. Young man oh. fights for survival but yearns to fly among the stars. Mm. Oh, man. Did you get to see this in theater? I was trying to think about that. I don't think so. Because I know I saw Force Awakens in the theaters. All the sequels mm -hmm. I've seen in the theaters. Right. See Rogue One in theater? I think so. This is... I don't know why I wouldn't... I feel like I did. I feel like I did. If I had to guess. But this yeah, would be I remember, the only new Star Wars movie that I might not have. I remember vividly having seen this in theaters. We were at the Alamo when it was... The Alamo Draft House when it still existed in downtown Kansas City, and uh, it was a wonderful time. It was me, Tavares, um, and I believe his girlfriend at the time, mm -hmm. uh, Casey. If you're listening, miss you, Casey. You were awesome. I loved you. Um, <laughs> great great lady. Um, doubt you are, but hey, you never know. Um, I, love, I love the tone this one kind of set straight off the jump. Uh, the dark, grim, mean oh. streets sort of vibe. It's yeah, uh, that, that little pre crawl. Like it, usually, the pre crawls like I feel like they have like more uh, impact on like the entire movie. But like we're off Corellia pretty quick. Uh, like here, oh, like, yeah, right. Spend a whole lot of time on Corellia at all. Um, so it's I don't know. I always I always feel like uh, an opening crawl is mm. uh, sometimes a little too like too much. Or like too right. weird to have, but if it's just like just for the first ten fifteen minutes, it's like perfect. But uh, man, nothing a, better than Alden Ehrenreich and Amelia Clark kissing him. Am I right? That's what it's I'm just a couple about. of hot people right there. Yeah, yeah, we got a. I don't know. It was was very interesting. Uh, we were also recorded a Game of Thrones episode uh, today, so I'm very very much on on that mindset and just. Just seeing her in Star Wars is just cool. Dude, like, I miss her. I, I can't believe the way that Disney has perceived this movie as a failure due to the people in it. Bro, it was the marketing. It was production hell. It was a terrible, terrible time for Star Wars movies. This is kind of the one that made it so difficult to make a Star Wars movie happen. Mm. Um, Yeah. Sad. But super sad. They just, uh, they don't. I think understand. Ron Howard and I think Ron Howard ended up churning out a wonderful, wonderfully fun movie. I think that visually, this is like there's there's a bit of a simultaneous uh, simultaneous thing going on where it's at the same time one of the most unique looking Star Wars movies, and at other times one of the most boring looking Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I and I. I, there's no way to mean that other than negatively, and we we will get there. But none of these sequences, like this right here, I love the monochromatic blues 
and that's all that you're seeing. It's just this one color. That's super unique to this movie. That's true. Not that I don't know. Reminds me of uh, of Manhunter uh, that we just just watched mm. in, the, in the little Florida house that they had, you know, yes. embracing each other in there, but not quite. A little darker there. A lot more. I would say vibrant here, but. I don't know this. Yeah, no, this is a uh, this is always interesting. I I loved the uh I always love the weird fucking shit Star Wars does and yeah. Lady Proxima is one of the one of the weirdest. This is a it's weird. a wild character yeah. design. Oh, that's for sure. But that's the amazing thing about Star Wars is you just can literally be anything you want. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing that holds you back. It's a we're not even in the same galaxy, you know? This is just Right, and I'd argue that there are a few movies in the Disney Star Wars canon of the five Disney movies that are as just I'm gonna do what I fucking want as as what they do with this, you know. And it's it is funny because it is constrained to a degree, you know. It's Han Solo. We know where Han Solo goes, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I can't imagine there were a ton of people off the rip who were like, "Oh, Han Solo had a love interest before Leia," and like you know, like. He's not the not the first one he's he's fell for. True. I mean, oh, the yeah, fucking the thermal detonator. Yeah, what is it actually? Is it's it... a rock. <laughs> oh, oh, a rock. I don't know if it was like an apple or like I don't know, like it's yeah, just right. a piece of wood. Um, just. But hey, hey bros, and improv. That man can improv. He's got a. And it always goes bad before it goes well. You know, that that seems to be his thing, is that... Mm-hmm. And then uh, it goes bad again, but then it somehow works out for him, and <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the pinnacle of Han Solo's whole deal, you know? Um, oh, gosh, yeah. this sequence always just so satisfying. You know, having been directed by Ron Howard, close, mm-hmm. close friend of George Lucas, starred in American Graffiti, um, to see hit Solo cruising... Oh. In a car like this, you know, yeah. just feels so fitting. Uh, yeah, this also reminds me of the opening of Andor a little bit, kind of on yeah, a, yeah, um, similar. Um, and then he's he's on the run right afterwards after killing killing the policeman. But yeah, this that's it. I mean, this was a George Lucas salute with this. Uh, yeah, this what what do you what do they call what what are they called in universe? Just a. Speeder? Is this a speeder? Is this, this, be a this speeder this technically? I mean, I know there's a model name that they have, but like the more right, generic right. name that they call these things. I think this would technically be a speeder. Because like... You know, I, it hovers right above the ground. It doesn't fly, yeah. fly, you know, it's... When I think of a speeder, though, I think of like the motorcycle equivalent. Yeah, like the, right. The, like, uh, See, but then I, I remember those getting called speeder bikes. Oh, you know, like true. the one that uh, Luke cruises in at the beginning. God, that drift is always so Ooh. fucking hard. Ooh. So pimp. Ooh, so and clean. Like, wh- I don't even know how that works. Drifting in the air, you know. Yeah. Know, but that it just, it, I guess it, that it works the same. It works. It checks out. I will say this when I was, you know, I rewatched it in anticipation of the live commentary here just to kind of establish some things I might want to say prior to it. Actually, one of the funniest Star Wars, probably the funniest Star Wars movie there is. Um, no, it is funny. Yeah. No, it, L3 specifically in Lando. I mean, they're like, uh, 
a, a highlight just all the time, but like Always. also just Han, like the whole time is just like he's got an he energy just, about him. It's infectious. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, some uh, of the droid comedy is obviously very, very funny. Um, yeah. But that, that moment just a couple seconds ago where that droid's like, no, that's against. And then he gets ran over by a car mm-hmm. and his head on the ground just goes protocol, Classic. you know. Classic. It feels like. I feel like that's, I don't know, I feel like that's happened before somewhere in Star Wars. But right. probably the first time that's ever happened legitimately. Gosh, Corellia is, it's a, it's one of my favorite planets in star wars simply for the utility that it has you know the shipyards of corellia them being mm-hmm. kind of legendary for the uh you know they created fucking star destroyers yeah out on corellia no, man no one ever wants to go back there though uh, that's mm. that's you know everyone thinks well, if you're from there you certainly don't you want to this is one of those places in star mm. wars you want to try to make it out of you know and i think that's a big theme of this movie you know I, han makes it out and Kira says later on, you know, she never did. Um, mm. God, those disgusting fucking dogs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What other what other things do we get on Corellia? I feel like like was Cal Kestis working on Corellia? I feel like it's that... a different it's a different planet that the Bad mm. Batch goes back to at some point. Um, okay. Oh, I wish I could remember that off the top of my head. Uh, Corellia is the main place that the book the high republic book midnight horizon takes place um absolutely love i and the high republic obviously if you're familiar with mm-hmm. our star wars episodes you know i like me the high republic and uh that kind of livened up the you know there's there's mentions of like lady proxima and how mm-hmm. like she's she's in it and it's like 150 to 200 years prior and stuff so it's like she's an okay. old ancient figure like hmm. i like that sort of stuff hmm. yeah this i don't know it, it, choosing a scene was actually kind of like a little difficult uh incredibly just, difficult yeah that that was the one thing i i kind of kept going back and forth on i didn't want to choose anything too early too late you know i always hate hmm. doing that uh right i don't know why um but this i don't know i i i like a good old classic this, this is, like, a great opening. Like, the opening of this mm. movie is, like, fantastic. Like, just to set everything up. Um, oh, it is. And, it, you know, it sets up this key this key relationship here that's kind of the crux of Han Solo's entire drive for the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind, of, kind of heart-wrenching to watch him, you know, like, he is the reluctant hero. He becomes that again. But this movie is kind of his descent into being the cold-hearted, unfeeling sort mm-hmm. of badass that you think he is at the beginning yeah. of New Hope. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's full of... This whole sequence is nothing but him being full of hope and being like, yeah, we got this shit, man. This is... We can do this. We can make it out. Um, and this heartbreak that he has at the hands of Kira kind of uh, it jades him for a really long time. Yeah. Um, That's no bueno for him. You know, he... I, I, I call... I, a little simpish, a little bit, but, uh, oh, big time. you know, be, there, sometimes there's nothing wrong with being a simp. You no, know? this is, this is good. Good this level. Good of it, right? Like, cause he's still like cool about it. You know, he's like, he knows he's doing it, but then at the mm. same time he plays the cool guy. But, ah, oh, yeah, this, this would suck. Damn. Yeah. The, 
Empire, I mean, it makes sense, you know. They, this is how they Damn, would do dude. shit. They would ma- make sure everyone has IDs. Everyone, you know, I got to get through checkpoints. Yeah. Soldiers everywhere. It's like, yeah, life. Man, Hollywood fucking failed all Alden Ehrenreich, man. He is so goddamn good. Um, yeah. Cocaine Bear and Oppenheimer in 2023 are his first credits since Solo. Five years ago. No. Yeah. Hopefully Oppenheimer gives him... Uh, oh, he's about to get new fucking life. There's yeah. another movie that just came out on Netflix. He was the lead in. Like, Hell yeah. he's okay. a, he's about to become what he sh- should have been uh, post Solo. But for Man. some reason, Disney made it seem like he was the reason Solo failed. Mm-hmm. You know just what? Ridiculous. He's incredible as Han Solo. You know, I just had the random thought: what would have made this movie perfect, absolutely perfect, is if they just AI deep faked young harrison ford exactly and then i wouldn't have any qualms with the movie whatsoever right why not watch an ai monstrosity that would feel much more like a shallow reflection of the original character that we know no that's what's great like and obvious obviously we're being facetious here but uh alden ehrenreich what i love about him is that he's not doing a harrison ford impression you know, no. he is playing Han Solo as he would play Han Solo. And there is an incredible continuity there. You know, I think that he does a wonderful job. I'm this part. It's fine. I think it's kind of uh, kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like from the Empire, dude, you know, like, I don't you know, know. And I like the idea of like a reclamation of your name you know like he he takes it and he makes it his own he makes a name for himself the empire didn't do that for him you know mm, um, okay yeah but I, <laughs> yeah i don't know, I don't know. it good. leaves me cold you know i'm just oh, like that's kind of fucking stupid you know like yeah i mean that's I guess- one thing oh dude this sequence on mimban here three years later yeah i i like Anytime it it just shows the real nitty gritty of what the empire would actually be like, mm. like it looks all nice in the movies because you just see like the t- the clean Death Star. It's like everything yeah. in the empire is clean, very pristine. Yeah, the the, the black, white, gray, mm-hmm. fascistic. Yeah, but this is how they got there. You know, this is what they had to do in order to to get there and like it, to take it, over the entire galaxy and colonize entire planets and yeah uh, impose a fascist state you know oh, um man, what a, a sick introduction though dude like, woody harrelson god bro was, bro is just so fucking good i love i i actually love the character work in this movie all around you know and it's mostly on the actors i don't think the writing does a lot to yeah um, benefit some of the characters but uh that i don't think that's the case for woody harrelson's tobias beckett i think that that's a well-written character and Mm -hmm. an extremely well-performed character oh Um, yeah would have never like never guessed like woody harrelson in a star wars movie you know but like it's a perfect fucking role for him Mm -hmm. that smuggler Mm -hmm. scoundrel vibe i love that his captain's the uniform he's stolen has two blaster holes in it right there. Um, yeah, because no he took it off the dead body of someone. I'm assuming he shot. Yeah, um, probably. Definitely. He landed bow, bow. And 
thank you. And no one notices but Han later, you know? It's a, like, mm-hmm. maybe Han noticed it right away. I don't know. Um, but well, he did you know, just say, like, you're the, you are a captain, you know? Mm. We're actually about to get, uh, my favorite line of the movie, Ooh, okay. uh, simply because it feels so, um, relevant at present. Mm-hmm. Um, this yes, whole, yeah. this whole sequence with a imperial government mm-hmm. colonizing a planet, um, making it their own, uh, yeah. making it seem like this is our land because mm-hmm. we said so. Um, and sure, we have only existed for about a decade, um, for a very limited amount of time, but Hey, this is our, this is our planet now. Um, yep. Oh yeah. It, it, it's also crazy to see what galactic colonization looks like. Yeah. Imperialism. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's it's coming up right here, um, where Han Solo, you know. He's he's being a smartass, you know. He does not bring peace, posterity, and all this. Install a regime loyal to the emperor and eradicate the hostiles. It's their planet. We're the hostiles. Um, and everyone's like, all the soldiers are looking at him like, "You idiot!" You know, like this. What's this guy talking about? You know, no, like, he's, he's fucking right. This this anti imperialist streak just beyond beyond political leaning, just. Oh, I don't know how you could possibly think this is okay what we're doing. Yeah. You know, like this is this is wrong. This is their planet. We are invading it. Um, how many people you think in the empire are like Han that just signed up because they were in a fucked up situation or like they just, you know, but they don't actually believe in it. So, they just so many. So many, you know, and it's that because there was a big part of like imperial propaganda where like we get a taste of it in a new hope where Luke kind of wants to go off to the Imperial Academy and become a, you uh-huh. know, like there's there's a little bit of that thing where someone left Tatooine to go enroll in the Imperial Academy. I think it was Biggs, and then he he defected and joined the rebellion and stuff. So like, there's there are those characters like Han who get to the Empire and go, oh, you mm. guys are called the Empire for a reason, you know, like uh that that whole thing, mm. um. I got kicked out of the Imperial Academy for having a mind of my own. Okay, Han. I dig it. I dig it, Han. He's the good guy. Gosh, Sandyway Newton oh. is here. Love her. Maze. <laughs> John Favreau, voice in Rio there. Yeah, that is, that's um, pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that until this watch I did recently, and I like just pulled up IMDb, and I'm like, Wait a minute, John Favreau. Where the fuck does he pop up? Yeah, and... he's the little dude with the arms. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty incredible. I love <laughs> every time he tries to pull a fast one, and he's like, "Hey, Lieutenant, get this motherfucker out of here, okay?" Um... Every <laughs> it always every time he thinks he has the upper hand, it just gets nope. And then he comes out on top somehow, you know, and you know, I, they say luck and he has the lucky dice and everything. And it's just, it's just the force, you know, like just, he needed to be there with the crew to make mm. all the Star Wars movies happen. You know, it's just, uh, and every, 
We got we got <laughs> the, the meat cute of the century here. Um, the goat. The goat. The man we all know and love. Um This is this is this is so fucked up, man. I feel so bad for for Chewy, you know? You get like I guess I didn't really realize this. Well, no, cuz this isn't really Chewie's origin because he, I mean, he's 190 at this point. Yeah. Um, but I wonder, I wonder like what got him captured. I guess it's just Kashyyyk and. Yeah. Kashyyyk has been imperialized by the Wookiees and they've been, uh, Man, there's, there's a whole life to Chewie that we have no idea about him just chilling on Kashyyyk, you know, mm. probably just man. But, uh, yeah, yeah who, they, who they really got him looking fucked up out here. Yeah. I thought this was a creative way to, to like introduce themselves to each other, though. You know, instead of being friends right away, it's literally yeah. Chewbacca trying to kill him. Yeah, uh, Chewbacca's been tortured by Imperials, and he's hungry. They haven't fed him in days, and he's trying to kill Han to eat food. You know. Um, yeah. Man, just an all-around shit situation. Probably most of that mud is also just shit. I don't know. Like, this, yeah, right. Like this like can't I, be fun. Can't yeah, smell gotta, good in there. It's got to smell bad down there. Eat, I mean, you can't get out. It's like a rancor pit. Buddy. <laughs> but see, that's one of those funny moments. He killed him too fast. Kill him slower. You know, like uh, it's super fucked up. The Imperials, like th- that's their. This is where they get their fucking jollies. You know, like it's <laughs> like, oh, uh, we yeah. get to watch the beast kill a motherfucker today. Um, the revelation that Han can speak a uh, Shuriwook here. Oh. That's what makes them have a bond so quick. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a probably a pretty rare language, because uh, yeah, just the human voice box. I feel like is just not built for it. No, uh, no, not at all. Yeah, it's very, and very tough to do. On the inverse, the uh, the Wookiee voice box is not built for anything else. So there you go. Fair, there's this fair, uh, fair. there's this character in the High Republic named Buriaga. He was included in my top 100 favorite Star Wars characters. Um, another Wookiee. He was a Wookiee Jedi uh, during the mm-hmm. era of the High Republic. And uh, he there's this isolation that he faces because nobody else speaks Shuri Wook. But his mm-hmm. master has learned Shuri Wook for him. And oh. one of his best friends, Bel Zedifar, is working on learning Shuri Wook, Shuri Wook for him. He's like the most empathic, empathetic character in the whole High Republic. Oh. He's such a sweet little dude. Um, Does he have wood as his lightsaber handle as well? I as- I cannot recall off the top of my head. Um, would be cool, because I remember the whether he was in Rebels or Clone Wars. Yeah, like Gungi. Yeah, Gungi. Good old Gungi. Gungi, Gungi. Yeah, I, I always had trouble with that one too. I remember. Because he, he appeared in the Bad Batch in season two That's earlier. That's what it was. Bad, yeah. thank you. I was like, well, I don't of course, he was also in the Youngling arc where Ahsoka takes them on their. Um, yes, 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 yes. Their journey. Elum. Um, and to build their lightsabers as well. He goes to Elum. I think he's at Elum. Maybe he's not in that group act. No, I think he is. When they build their lightsabers, it's the same arc. arc. Yeah, Yeah, it's the same arc, actually. Yeah, okay. Duh. Get your crystal. They meet uh, Hugh Yang, and he gives them the Mm. the piece of wood from the the, from the Kashyyyk tree, and yeah, yeah. A Wookie, a Wookie (laughs) man. You know, John Favreau's. He went too fast. 
honestly. Like that, he's such a cool. Like, um, I I wanted him to stay in the movie longer. Uh, he just reminds me they of would... the pilot in uh in the Fallen Order games. In Fallen Order, yeah, uh, greasy, greasy money. Yeah. And he's yeah, just such a likable guy. Um, well, and make... same with uh, same with Val. I, it's mm. it's yeah. a real shame that Thandie Way Newton didn't get to be a bigger part of this movie because I fucking oh. love her as an actress and this image oh. right here, dude, almost my shot. This was almost it, it. just love because it. like. It shows how like small just that battle seemed. I thought that was the whole battle. No, like, it's, it's raging shit. across the planet. That's just like a minuscule vert, like not even a fraction of the battle. It's crazy. They're but, so cute. Oh yeah, she was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't I'm give a fuck, man. Out. I'm 190. Uh, he's the dude in the gym locker room letting it all hang out. You know, <laughs> 190. Yeah, I didn't. Is that old? For a no, week? I mean, I would guess that in his prime uh, age, or like, yeah, how long? You know, that's a good live? that's a good question. What is the Wookiee's average lifespan? Because my money's on three hundred. You know, three hundred, four hundred, four hundred years. Okay, so he's you know he's about forty, fifty, or forty. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow, they appeared not to age over a span of fifty years but their lifespans were dramatically decreased due to the harsh working conditions in the spice mines of Kessel. Kessel. That, I mean, Damn. yeah, I think anyone's life expectancy is going to go down there dramatically there, but 400. Wow. So he's, he's kind of in his prime. Well, yeah, you know, I guess I, middle age. well, so he's like 50 or like 40 something. <laughs> right. Like I guess so. I guess maybe I'm not a there's something about this movie like there's a lot of stuff that I really really enjoy. One of the things that I don't love about this movie is that everything has an origin story. Like there was that part just now where he's like what's your name? He's like Chewbacca. I'm not saying that every time. I'm yeah. going to need to come up with something else. Yeah, it doesn't have to be right away. Like no, bro, like, like or you could also be like Chewbacca. I'm going to call you Chewie. You don't need to be like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to come up with something else, you mm -hmm. know? Like, that's a, it's a goofy ass way to put that, I feel like, but, uh. Yeah. Yeah, it could have, or it just literally could have happened naturally over the movie. Like, he could have been like, Chewbacca, like in the middle of battle, or like in the heat of a moment, and it would have been like, oh, that's just way too much. Like, Chewie, come over here. Yeah. You know? so, oh, so, like, know. but. No, yeah. But that's the thing is that, like, it's small things and it only happens every once in a while. And sometimes it pays off. Sometimes I do really like it. Uh, but there are other times where it's just like, you're really, really shoehorning something in here, you know? Yeah. Um, They're going for the, just the star Wars. Oh not yeah. Like there's, the, there's a I, lot of fan, like not fan service per se, but like you're really trying to appeal to people who are familiar with the universe and, love the original trilogy and love Han Solo and all this stuff. And that's fine. You know, it is a solo movie, but I feel like, you know, you could, you could do that without, without all that. This is one of the, uh, visually one of the more unique sequences in the movie because, you know, we've been dealing with a lot of that monochromatic one color dominating the screen. And then here in that background, you've got that blue purple thing going on and the soft glow of orange from the mm. fire and it creates that really, like, really visually interesting contrast that makes mm -hmm. it, uh, like that right there. Gorgeous. I like I that. It. 
Yeah, yeah. I like that, man. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I do. I do. This was a a small moment here. Another origin uh, that happens here coming up. That is pretty cool. Um, I have three D printed two of them. Yep, the blaster. Ah, uh, this. I I remember when this. I okay. I feel like I did see this in theaters because I feel like I remember this happening in theaters and like he was putting it together and I was like, oh wait a minute. Oh, I'm like, oh, hold yeah. on a second. I'm like, I, that looks a little too familiar. Um, kind of like a. A uh, Yondu given young Peter Quill as blaster. Yeah, as blasters. That, that yeah. feels a little better, you know. I, I don't really right. know. Um, yeah, we don't know Tobias Beckett all that well. I do love the, you know, there's a lot of team building that happens here as far as like, uh, you know, not just team building and a bond, but understanding the characters that we're dealing mm-hmm. with. Because, yeah. like we said a little bit ago, Rio and Val, they don't last but another 20 minutes in this movie. Yeah. Um, and Dang. they are doing a lot of heavy lifting in this scene to anchor the emotions you're supposed to feel. Um, that relationship between Val and Tobias, you know, kind of when it, it, we come to that revelation there and you're like, oh, that's cute. That's sweet. You know, like uh, it's a shame that's about to be swept out from underneath you and Tobias is going to be hardened even more. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's just a just an unfortunate situation. But uh Ah, that was almost a line too. Like the combination of the both, like uh, just difference between a family and tribe, and like I don't know. Love that Chewie. Like they're all like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go learn to play this instrument. I'm gonna go somewhere war." Blah blah. And Chewie's like, "I'm gonna find my family. Um, we all got fucking stolen. So that's my plan." And I was like, "Oh my god, damn it, Chewie! You fucking there it is." The D, what, DG44? Is that what it's called? Yeah, DL. DL44. The D, the D, the G just did not sound right. There we go, though. Okay. Yeah. DL44, a classic. I still need to paint mine, dude. I've always wanted to do that. Make it actually look like it's not 3D printed. Right. Um, but. Dude, I love this sequence. There's something Mm. so, uh, electric and kinetic about this mm-hmm. entire action sequence. It's one of the oh, more, yeah. uh, you know, heightened action sequences that isn't a lightsaber fight in yeah. the Disney movies, you know? Um, True that. Yeah, it reminds me of the, uh, I think it's in Winter Soldier, I think. Um, but the, uh, where Bucky falls off the... First Avenger, yeah. Oh, it is First, okay, it is First Avenger then, Yeah. Bucky uh, falls off and plummets to the valley below. Just a, mm. a cold, a cold mountainous train yeah. uh, action sequence, you know. It just, it works. Oh, it does. Uh, and that's, I don't know, it's always cool to think, like, the one single yeah. capsule could get them out and, like, set them up, and they're good. We're looking like, at all of that right there. That is... dude billions of credits right there like an absurd absurd amount gosh there's something uh something visually and just tonally and feeling that this movie reminds me so much of willow also directed by ron howard um and i'm sure that's the tie that makes me feel that way um there's just such a intensity that is grounded by a light-hearted family thing being formed 
and founded together. And I just absolutely adore that, you know? Um, this part's always funny because like, I remember that being like a part of the trailer and the trailer Mm -hmm. is like, are they going to kill Chewbacca? Like, no. Um, I wonder if Chewbacca dies in this movie. (laughs) What a crazy, we did get that in the sequels though. They did actually tease us. They did tease you like that. That sucks. Um, with the next movie after Solo, yeah. Yeah, I did not like it. Um, no, that one did blow. So, um, I and not like it as in like it scared me. I, oh yeah, I, like, no, I yeah. Like it, the choice it, is it, fine. Um, yes, to do it, that's okay. But like, I just it did not make me feel good. Gosh, Rio moving around that cockpit, it always makes you realize exactly why these four armed beings—they're yeah. the pilots, man. You know, I mean, like. Come uh, on. It would make and it makes people. characters like Han Solo and Hera Syndulla all the more impressive for being capable the way they're capable. Um, they're goaded. They they have oh. two arms. Here's the, entra- uh, the entrance of probably the coolest fucking character. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going Enfys Nest. That's my character for the movie. Fucking love Enfys Nest. Yeah. Um, I mean, how can... I mean, I don't think she literally does one. Like after you learn who, what her, who she right. is, what her characters. You about. know, it's a little rough that you know Val and Rio die as a result of this. That blows. Um, but that well, character design, that though. costume design, my fucking god, is that cool? Uh, mm. And to be played by Aaron Kellyman, I fucking love Aaron Kellyman. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's like this tribal but also futuristic also yeah like, no there's like this punk. yeah um, yeah yeah um, no for sure apocalyptic sort mm-hmm. of vibe i i dig it and the music um, too like the yeah the, the, that I guess coral yeah um ah oh, it's it's so good <laughs> damn suit double blasting i he can fly in the plane and double blast at the same time yeah, uh, he's himself, but just nicked one of the shoulders. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah, neither does neither does he. Um, yeah, no bueno. Convenient landing spot there. Um, See, he just calls him Chewy right there. Exactly. Call him Chewy before. That's all was you got to do. First, I think that, that might have been the first one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tally. Yeah, and Han Han gets to show his chops for the first time, baby. Yeah. Obviously, is, uh, we know who's going to go pilot the craft, even yeah. though probably Chewie's a better pilot right now. I don't know. Probably at this at this exact moment. I just gosh, think Chewie's humble I, about it. Mm. I love I love Val, man. I think that this character she's she's a fucking badass, man. She's, she's down bored. to ride, and this yeah. this moment isn't. It feels so pointless now, but there becomes this revelation of what Crimson Dawn is going to do to them if they don't succeed, that it makes Val's sacrifice mean something. Um, she's trying to save Tobias. You know, it's not, it's not a self, like, it's not just like a, well, we got to do this. And at the, the first time you watch it, it kind of feels like that. You're like, yo, it ain't all that, bro. You ain't got to do that. This is just a job. You know, um, yeah. It's just, it's just a big score. Ooh. That- God, this this fight right here! Oh my God! Oh my God. This shot right here is coming. There's one coming up where she kicks him across in between these, and we get this upward angle right here. 
fucking awesome. I absolutely love that. Nice, Um, nice. Love the slicing of the gun too. Just slicing the blaster in half. No, like no kill. Like I guess that is her goal. Like to not kill if, if possible. I guess you know. Right. Um. And I forgot Val. Val isn't. Uh. It's not Enfys Nest that causes it. It's these Viper droids, which also makes it a little makes that help a little bit. Yeah, it is. It is the Empire. I guess if Infus Test wasn't here, it probably would have gone a little smoother for them. But well, yeah, to be sure. But this this is Crimson Dawn. You know they are working mm-hmm. for Crimson Dawn. So like at the end of the day, it would go to them, go to the Empire. So damn man, Rio going outside there. It's no good to die yeah. alone, kid. Yeah, like oh my god, it's so like what a like the last words like so many meanings can like be drawn from that like he is dying and it's especially rough given that three years earlier the force awakens came out and we watched how han solo died and we watched what what happened there and to know that he he felt loved and loved his son and he does not he does not die alone you know like uh not in spirit anyway um Mm-mm. Did he? No, he didn't. I Man. feel like they're at the end of Force of... First black woman in space. Bye. Um. Damn. That's another thing that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't. I I'm certain they obviously weren't thinking about that, but that's one of those things that maybe you should this think is the about. First you know? um, in Star Wars, like. Um, as far as a prominent role, wow. I believe so. Only to be followed by Janna in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, wow, that's 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 sad. Man, and uh, was a, a great actor too. Like, it feels like Dewey Newton fucking yeah, rocks. Like what? Like how? I don't, I don't know. That it. it, it for the story, it makes sense and like it, it works, but like, and obviously, there's a reveal here by the end of the movie that Enfys Nest is also a black woman. So that, mm, true, you know, I mean, at least, at least there's that. But yeah, and and it helps that she's also like, no, nothing, you know, no, no offense to to Val, but like, Enfys Nest kind of just has it, has it, has her beat. Um, in my opinion, oh, yeah. got the care, got the and the badassery section. Yeah. Oh my god, showing the destructive power. This is a brilliant creative choice just to show what this thing that is the tipping point of the entire story here, what it's capable of if shit goes wrong, and to mm-hmm. know that they're transporting later in the movie an unrefined version of it. Yeah. That was refined coaxium. That was yeah. the good shit. Oh no. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh I don't know. I feel like that that was like a uh what oh my god, seismic charge mm-hmm. but like Very on on steroids a little bit. Like it it didn't make a good enough noise. You know, seismic charge still has the noise beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the visual there though, that like almost yeah. water oh. thing Explos- it had going. The implosion. Yeah. I dig. I dig, I dig that. And like the the graves here that are in the background, like it, there's Dude. it's it's so sad. Like oh man, like I don't know. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, Han's like, let's go. Han really looks like Chewbacca right now, costume design wise. Yeah, right, right. He's got the furry, the furry coat on and everything. Man, I, uh, I love, I love Woody Harrelson, man. Um, I do. Um, obviously, I rewatched the Hunger Games movies recently, um, Mm -hmm. and he plays Hamish Abernathy in those in those movies. He's a prominent, prominent figure. Um, in those films, so right now I'm I'm particularly high on on Woody Harrelson. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always great. Pretty much everything he's in, and I, I've never really hated him. He's always been just a funny, great actor. Great dude. Uh, great dude. I'm trying to see what um, I I mainly know him from, like Zombie Land. That's a funny one. It's a great white white uh, white men can't jump. It's a that's a good one. Um, him and Wesley Snipes. Um, I haven't seen that. Um, what else do I know? I feel like I've seen so much. He's in Venom. Oh yeah, he's in, hello. He's in Semi Pro Venom Two. Yeah, let there be carnage. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always appreciated that. Like, uh, he's a he's got this interesting status as an actor where he he's almost a movie star. You know, like yeah. if he's in a movie, it's like. It you kind of want to go fucking see it, but big, uh, but like he hasn't been in anything like massive, massive. Oh, and that's the thing is that he's also he's he's clearly not above the franchise shit. You know, he was mm-hmm. in Hunger Games, he's mm-hmm. in Star Wars, he's been in Marvel. Yeah. You know, like he uh he he does all the stuff. You know, uh, one of my favorite roles of his is actually in the 2011 rom com with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, Friends with Benefits. Mm. Um. He wow. plays a gay sports reporter. Um, okay. Who what keeps trying to hit on Justin Timberlake. He's like, you sure you're not gay? Um, and he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, ah, okay, well, worth a shot. You, you know? change your mind. Um, yeah, exactly. Wow. No, I, I, I can't believe I was trying to remember what, like, my prominent Woody Harrelson role is. And it's now you see me. That's what it ah, was. Ah, yeah. Um, him as the, the mentalist. Um, yeah. Reads, reads you ever watch Semi Pro with Will Ferrell and uh, Andre Three Thousand? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's in that as well. Okay. This design of the Crimson Dawn yacht, fucking awesome. Pretty this is baller. another example of them getting just fucking weird. Um, yeah. The, these voice boxes. I feel. Is this? Because I feel like I've seen them in animation. Um, maybe they were actually in the original movies, but they weren't this. Uh, yeah, this advanced sort like, of yeah, like yeah. lit up like they do. But uh, gosh, this is think... such a cool setting. Oh, this design man. is this, so it's awesome. It's like the cantina, but way nicer, like, high end, sophisticated, like, yeah. yeah, elegant. Um, yeah, you think those people are actually singing, or that thing makes their voice just perfect? You know, like they can oh, sing. I, th- however I think they they're want. singing. Oh, okay. oh, there's there's it's your like boy. The Oh man, yeah, yeah. It's it, he's it's a, a weird because it's not you know vision is very uh, just all around better um, it, morally. Um, it's and, so fascinating for and those servants. Ooh, that's some horrific imagery right there. Look at, the head, um, look at this. Did you see? Yeah, like I, yeah the, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, the top like, half of the head missing. Whoa. Um, Dude does not mess around, just took away her brain, you know? Like, 
made her a droid, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I always have this weird feel like this. It feels like a a complete yin yang from Vision to Dryden Voss. You know, I don't like this is just the the antithesis of of what I expect from Paul Bettany. But he uh he does a good job as a villain or as like the the bad guy, um, especially with his like. What is it on his face? Like what? I don't know what you call that, but like it's whenever like he gets those scars angry. and he yeah. gets angry and they get vibrant and the paler they are, the more calm oh, he is. And dude, I think I might be onto something. There was like a microphone stand ah. there, and then she had the thing on her mouth too. Oh, I feel yeah. like that is like a maybe it's like a it's style a perfection or something yeah. like it, like a ah uh, the reunion. Yeah, I love how confused like Han. Is. He's like, he's what? like, what the fuck? And Kira's just like, hey. All galaxy, baby. Yeah. Kira's like, oh, I work here. What's up? <laughs> like, uh, do you remember how we left each other? I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the last thing. And I this remember. is one of those just most jarring moments. You know, it's been like, what, three years and some change. And mm. Han has never, ever let go. And one of the first things Kira says is like, it's in the past. You know, it's a long time ago. And that's got to be like, yo, wait, what the fuck? You know, this was uh this was like my life for the last few years, man. Yeah. Um, it, granted, and I appreciate he doesn't go he doesn't go that route, you know. He is very he's still like uh no, yeah, like we we still down though. I know we still down though. Like mm-hmm. don't don't play with me like that, you know. Uh Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, this And like she had how long has she been in the Crimson Dawn game? Was it off rip like off capture? Like right when Han leaves, she's like kind of that's a good question. I wonder how it long or... it has been. Um, yeah, because I guess I, if it's been three years, I'd say comfortably two years. You know, I don't think yeah. another year on Corellia. It wasn't much right. longer yeah, after so like, that. She's been in Crimson Dawn for a while. That that lifestyle is very um, crazy. I feel like she can forget about Han a lot easier than right. Han can forget about Kira. Just right. Yeah, he's, he's literally been trying – his entire motivation – has been trying to get back to Kira. And mm-hmm. Kira had the comfort of knowing that he made it out. And the odds of her ever finding him or her ever finding him are so slim. You know, like uh mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just screwed. It was like they both knew they wanted to find each other and look for each other, but it's like in this in this galaxy, you know? Dude, how would you even track someone? Like find my friends just doesn't even work at that point. I don't know. Like that like from planet to planet. That's just God. The cast in this movie is just so fucking stacked, man. I love like we're looking at Amelia Clark talking to Woody Harrelson and Alden Ehrenreich. And before long, here's Paul Bettany, you know, just right around the corner. Um yeah. Incredible. It's just why this movie is seen as a failure is is I mean I don't know. I just I mean like it was production hell. There was this was originally supposed to be directed by uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, or I think that's the right way. Maybe it's Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. I can't remember. Um, they're, uh, you know, the producers of Into the Spider-Verse and countless sitcoms and all all sorts of stuff. Uh, very, mm. very prominent. The Lego movie, very prominent duo yeah. there creatively. Um, and then, you know, originally... Dryden Voss was not played by Paul Bettany. Um, originally, when this movie was shot by mm-hmm. Phil and Lord Miller, um, 
don't want to try to fuck up their first names again. Um, an actor named Michael Kenneth Williams played Dryden Voss. Um, and then when the new director, Ron Howard, was brought on, he couldn't do the reshoots, the extended reshoots, and he got recast. And oh. Paul Bettany ended up with the role. Um, I love Michael Kenneth Williams. Um, Whoa. Our, rest in peace. Died just a couple years back. Fanta- oh, or maybe last year. Wonderful actor. Was in The Wire as uh, Omar Little, one of the best television characters of all time. Mm. Um, just I mean, a fantastic I, performer. And uh, I don't want to seem... It seems, like, bad for me to say this, but I wonder if, like, his, like, Michael Kenneth Williams' real-life scar on his forehead, like, actually oh, yeah. was, like, a, like, oh, yeah, I'm he's assuming, a I'm assuming that was part of it. Um, I'm assuming that was, like, a, maybe it was an inspiration for what they were going to do with the character Dryden Voss, and then mm-hmm. they just built upon it and kept yeah, that, but, kept that yeah. idea, you know? Um, uh, no, nah, yeah, just a wonderful wonderful actor and i i do love paul bettany but i mm. would have loved yeah. to see him in star wars um he's just the good i see him too much as the good guy i don't right. know like I, like and, even and, though he's making these threats and he is very intimidating it's just i don't know like i there's uh, it, that's what's crazy is like in a movie full of pretty great performances and paul bettany is fine I think this is one of his weaker roles, you know, and he is a close collaborator of Ron Howard. He was in, I believe he was in a beautiful mind uh, directed by Ron Howard as well. And so Mm -hmm. there is like an obvious reason why whenever Michael Kenneth Williams couldn't make the reshoots, they were like, well, let's get Paul Bettany in here. But I don't know. just doesn't feel like the right, just doesn't feel like a perfect fit the way some of these other people in these roles do feel like Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett or Amelia Clark as mm-hmm. Kira or Alden Ehrenreich as Solo. It's just he's he's the main villain of the movie and probably the most forgettable. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's sad and I, I feel like it's partially on his performance. Like he, he does well with what he's what he's got. Like I, I feel like they they should have they build him up a lot. They're like, yeah, Crimson Dawn, there you don't mess with these people. They do horrible things unimaginable things we don't see anything really that's unimaginable or like it's a bunch of talk or like threatening to kill and there's Um, also this you know the the real the real person everyone's afraid of is darth maul is maul and but we don't know that until the end of the movie and that's one of the things that structurally there are things about this movie where I can understand why it's perceived to not be of the highest order quality wise. Cause there are, um, there are absolute, like when it comes to like rogue one last year, there are a lot of people who aren't, aren't big on rogue one quality wise. I have an extremely tough time finding the things that people think are bad about rogue one. I don't have that problem with solo. I can, I can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any less enjoyable for me. Like, this is still such a great movie with so much heart and so much. It's it's just captured the spirit of Star Wars so completely for me, which is ultimately when it comes to Star Wars movies is what I want. That is what I'm worried mm-hmm. about. And that's something that Rogue One does exponentially well. I think it's yeah. something that Solo does incredible as well. Um, yeah. I think I just noticed 
Um, Dryden has the ring, you know, that, mm-hmm. that he can call Maul with, whatever. Kira has the little necklace or sort of, you know, Crimson Dawn yeah. logo there. Maul wears the same little necklace thing that Kira does. I, maybe he has a ring on as well. I don't know if I, I wasn't paying attention to his hands. But I wonder if there's like a, if that is a different symbol like within Crimson Dawn or like a, um. God, I love that Lando. That was a gorgeous shot right there. That light flashing and them getting mm-hmm. silhouetted. But uh, um, again, we're back to that monochromatic orange, yellow, yeah. brown thing. Gorgeous. God, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and a lot of people don't. This is a, a little Fincher vibe. A little bit of a Fincher vibe. Um, Television, your your settings on your television are important at this point. Mm. Um, That's true. I do have my nightlight on, uh, so I I see everything even more yellow than it is. Let me turn that off. Yeah, because the other thing is that Ah. uh, this scene is ordinarily so fucking dark. Um, One of the more dimly and poorly lit sequences. That's gorgeous, though, that silhouette of that yellow light coming through god i love it um, oh wow yeah thank you for telling me to change my computer settings because i mean wow this it is so much brighter it's actually unreal but like it looks so much better yeah. i just usually watch movies on my tv so i don't i don't mm-hmm. ever change my monitor settings but that helped a whole lot oh and, and i, I, I always I always tailor whatever I'm watching something on to the movie I'm watching. I'm I'm a I'm a weird movie watcher that way. Like I'll be mm-hmm. sitting down with Emily and something will come on and I'll be like, wait, what 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 do we got here? Is this calibrated? Is this calibrated dark? Mm-hmm. Uh what what's going on here? What what is this? Um <laughs> Yeah. Have to yeah. have to you know, always important to turn the motion blur off. But mm-hmm. uh Oh yeah. Pan God Pan. I love God I love I love this man so much um and I the fact like that he's in star Lord. wars and the fact that he kills it so hard makes me just love very him good more. like like I, I i already loved him before he was in star wars i just loved his music um oh of course and I, a few community episodes i haven't watched it like all but like i it was on at, at college every now and then in the background incredibly um, funny in community not but, uh, just a one of the most talented gentlemen alive if we're being for real um, Ooh, there we go there's someone i didn't think of that's um, probably if we're being for real dude he's the bell of the ball Direction here. wise he like he's starting to to do a lot more things behind the camera mm-hmm. i remember even like the this is america video he like wrote direct yeah. like just did everything for that like dude is just an absolute His work on Atlanta. It's a fantastic yeah. show. If you I haven't had the opportunity yeah. to engage with it, I need to see that. Um, I've only watched the first couple seasons. I need to catch up with three and four, but mm. just a wonderful mind on him. And look at all these, look at all these zany figures in the mm-hmm. dimly lit dark back room of the Sabak table. And, uh, mm. yeah, eyes on your own cards, buddy. Like that whole thing is extremely funny. All of them. Yeah, this is, this is. I don't know. Perfect. Like, cool. It's a perfect blend of so many different classic movie tropes that you get, like just in other things, but we're seeing the Star Wars version of it, you know? Like, yeah, no, like he says something about how somebody has a terrible Sabak face, and I don't know if that's early, if that was in earlier this scene or if that's at the end of yeah. the movie, but, yeah. you know, he says something about someone has a terrible Sabak face, and it's funny to think that, like, 
it sounded so wrong when I heard it, but I was like, well, we do have poker face. And I never think about that as being like exactly the game poker mm-hmm. face. It's just something that we say. It's a it's poker, your face. poker face because it applies yeah. to so much more than just poker. Like if you're trying to hide something, you go, you have a terrible poker face or whatever the fuck. Mm. Um, <laughs> it'd be funny to it's just be like, you got a terrible sabak face. Your sabak face just isn't good, man. You got to work. Yeah, it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Uh, but for them, it does. You know, it's just it's what they know. Um, I enjoy that Lando is also kind of uh, flirting with Han a little bit. You know, oh, he's just a flirtatious man in he's general. Just a flirtatious gentleman. I'm wearing my uh, "Everyone in Star Wars is Gay" T-shirt right now. Ah, um, I did, felt like the I, right way. Oh, I did. I did have my Star Wars shirt on earlier. I believe we both have it. Um, but I just have the good, just the hoodie on now. Just the hoodie. I, but I, the Baby Yoda uh, pajamas are on though. So oh fuck yeah, there you go. There's the spirit of things. Hmm. Not anything in here. Ah, uh, but... the green Psylocke. God, I hate getting beat with a green Psylocke every time. It's almost like he has a trick up his sleeve or something. Like, quite literally. Like and I love that Han is like, that's not possible. You couldn't have. Yeah. You know, he knows he cheated. Yeah, he's like, they, they, the, all the green Sabox, or the, well, I already forgot the name of whatever it was, but yeah, they've all been played. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Full of Bantha crap. Yeah. Oh, look at that outfit. God, yeah, that damn. outfit, the little trot down the stairs and stuff. You know, oh. I uh, I enjoy that he gets more so than Alden Ehrenreich gets accused of, uh, like a, an imitation. For some reason, Donald Glover gets more of a a reputation for having tried to imitate Billy D. Williams a little bit, and I think there's certainly an air of that. Um. <laughs> But it's impo- like with Billy D and Lando, it feels so much more inseparable to me than it does Harrison Ford and Han. Like, uh, okay. and maybe that's because just like behind the scenes, Harrison Ford is just very not Han Solo. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a there's an obvious divide there, and I can I can perceive that character as a separate entity from him. When it comes to Billy D, man, like it feels like that is Lando, you know, like that's that's Lando Calrissian, you know, and I think he does a good job, Donald Glover, of I mean, emulating that elegance and that. Uh, I mean, for for lack ooh. of a better word, fruitiness. I think he's so he's he's, he's so flirtatious and so fruity. Slot a. I mean, just he's. I was debating on giving him the character or the performance. I didn't know which I was going to give him, but I knew I was going to give him one. Hmm. And then um, I saw I wanted to spread the love as much as I could in in here hmm. um, for this movie. And uh, I feel like if there's a character that would get it. Um, Might be Lando. It's I'm, I'm so torn between these three right here. Lando, Han, and L3. For my uh, character, L3, baby. I I don't know. Like you went with L three is wonderful. I an like, overhated droid simply because of the stereotypical Star Wars fandom that you're dealing with. Dude, um, a droid that actually has a functioning conscious and like yeah. full dialect, voiced by Phoebe Waller Bridge. 
who was a revolutionist as well. Just an freedom fighter goat. Um, I don't know, but it, it would feel kind of wrong for me to give L3 the character and then, like, Donald Glover the performance. Because um, mm, it feels like you're not spreading the love enough. Like, I need Han in there somewhere. This is his movie, and overall, I think... If it does, if it character. grants you any sort of solace, I, I'm i giving Alden Ehrenreich the performance, undoubtedly, for this movie, uh, okay. on a personal note. So if if you feel like you want to take it a different direction in a way... In that spirit, just know that he is getting his love um, in in the credits here. I think um, I, I will give him the character then, uh, because I mean that's that's the whole it's the origin. This is this is a character focus on Han, and I do think they they do a great job. You know, especially with the end, the moment with Kira, the mm. you know you're the good guy. You know, no, not I'm a, I'm an outlaw. I'm what are you talking about? I don't know. It's just Loki. It, uh, Loki, see what Lando's saying. <laughs> a thang thangin. Yeah, this oh God. one of my favorite shots in the movie right here where that like, that oh, ooh, the yeah. light flashing on Lando there. That's fucking funny. Yeah, though, I, thought, right I thought you were talking about that. Yeah, no, not, I wasn't. It's uh I was the flash on, on the act. Oh dude, yeah. gorgeous. I love that shot. Uh specifically on Lando. Um mm-hmm. but this is uh this is the moment that this movie becomes a uh, almost a romantic movie where Han Solo falls in love with the Falcon. He's he's met the love of his life um, at first sight. You know, that smile that spreads across his face there. And he's like, oh, wow. wait. Oh, wait. I think I know what home feels like now. You know? And a little detail I did not catch until this last watch is that he says, like, yeah, my dad used to build these things. Like... He was, he wore, like, and that's why he, like, has his attachment to it, you know, and, like, it's... Oh, it's a, it's a Corellian, it's a Corellian ship, you know, it reminds him of home, but it's not home, and it's... It's so perfect, and seeing how clean it is, too, right now, oh my god, dude. Yeah, let's see, is it, is it coming up? I, I put the time down, an hour 310, it is coming up, um... It's it's whenever oh, yes. Han About walks 20... into the cockpit for the first time, yeah. um, oh. and for a, for a split second, the camera will go outside of the cockpit and show uh, Lando and Han. That's your and, shot. Um, yeah, I just I, and it's the moment of it too. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of Ooh. helps. But oh wow, that shot of Enfys on man. the cliffside yeah, there, let's, man. Let's geez, realizing how there's some sick shots in here. No, this one has, I think, more so than any of the other uh, Disney era Star Wars movies, this has this heightened air of fantasy to it, you know? Like, it's obviously all space opera fantasy stuff, but mm. Mm. there's this this there's this heightened, heightened sensibility mm. that this one has, I feel like. Yeah. Ah, that there. right there. There. That is good looking. I don't know, that I like it. Just looking. even this whole, this whole... I don't know, just the lighting, just the design it of the reminds cockpit, me. So. It reminds me a lot of that shot in The Last Jedi when Luke goes into the cockpit. That's one of my favorite shots in The Last Jedi, just the, the feeling that gives me, yeah. And, oh, man. my God. Dude, just um, looking around. Oh, man. So much history has happened inside of this goddamn ship, you know? Yeah. Like, Never tell me the odds. 
get your presumptuous ass out of my seat. I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She actually uh, was in the most recent Indiana Jones movie. Uh, she was uh, the, the the actress who's voicing L3 there. Um, she was uh, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, like a partner in crime almost. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that L3 and Han Solo got to team mm-hmm. up in a uh, in an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! Yeah, that the create this Star Wars, just the whole crossover of Hollywood, I guess. Is what what you oh, call yeah, it no. the, the the Hollywood multiverse? You know, just take right. an actor, and then that's like a multi. You know, just like they, they have their the own Gloververse, all their you know? variants. Yeah, yeah. Like you can take the Donald Glover verse or the whoever, whoever else. But Han jumping another. into hyperspace in the Falcon for the first time. Look at that, man! That's one of the that is one of the reasons Alden Ehrenreich gets my performance. Just that pure wonder and love of everything like he's all of a sudden he's found the place he belongs and all naren right gets that across so fucking well mm. this is one of the origin stories that i actually kind of like this one's yeah. funny um oh yeah <laughs> chewie's first time playing hollow chess by the rise of skywalker he's beating their he's beating finn and poe's ass you know like that's 40, 50 years down the line. Also, I think, like, in, in the OT, isn't it like, don't beat him. You don't want to know what happens if you yeah. actually beat this He'll guy. rip your fucking arms off. Yeah, yeah. so. We're um, coming up on uh, my favorite scene of the movie. Ooh, okay. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. this. It begins right here. Lando's closet. Um, Damn. Dude this, has. Fun dude's... fact. The only scene in Disney era Star Wars directed by George Lucas. This um, this I think this you closet told me this before maybe yes, I feel this like I scene that. in the closet. He was on set. Ron Howard gave him the reins, and he got to go. Um, and it, I think it comes through so hard. I think in the direction of Alden Ehrenreich here, this is the most. Harrison Ford, I think he gets. Oh my um, god, what a perfect timing. It is midnight. We are thankful. I was I was wondering what would happen right at midnight, right when it hit Thanksgiving. And it's a perfect it's my favorite George scene. Lucas. It's my it's favorite, favorite scene of the movie. I'm Lucas so thankful. Scene. Oh my god. Wow. God, the chemistry that <laughs> you these want to? two have <laughs> is fucking palpable. <laughs> that right, the you want to? Oh, yeah, you know, she's oh, like, "What's the plan?" And he's like, "Well, I was thinking we could talk for a little, and then we could head to the, you know, uh, we could we could go out to the couch or something." Um, uh, but yeah, man, just the the energy these two have, the the chemistry that these actors have, we get a little bit of a parallel to Empire Strikes Back here when C three PO interrupts the kiss between Han and Leia. Um, uh, just just that little scene, man. It makes me so fucking happy. I think that it... Kira... Is... She's shrouded in mystery, so her character doesn't get a lot of exploration. So the scenes, whenever there is that real... You see what she wants, but what she can't have, almost. Mm-hmm. In Han, whenever that comes through, it's it's wonderful. So that was, that was another big reason I went with that, because... If there was a if there was a runner up behind Infus Nest, 
mm. for my favorite character of the movie. It's probably Kira. I uh, I enjoy Amelia Clark's performance of her way too much. And with the recent, um, she actually just got a book about her last month that I've been meaning to read called Crimson Rain, um, I believe is what it's called. Um, okay. And she's been a big formative character in the comic books right now. She's uh, recently... Uh, there was a like Star Wars comics were set between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and hmm. a big storyline was that Han Solo's body, frozen in carbonite, got stolen before it made its way back to Jabba the Hutt. The Mona Lisa it and was Kira, awesome. Kira stole it. Oh, uh, yeah, oh, and then sold it off, so sold cool. it off at auction. Um. She sold them off at auction. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a. It's kind of cold. That's she's kinda... changed. She's she's a little different. She's like fought Darth Vader in the oh, comics. She's good. Yeah, that's all right. I, I was like, yeah, she's changed. She's a different person. If you've if you've survived Darth Vader, what's yeah, your... no, like there's a there's a perfect panel in the comics of her fighting Darth Vader that exactly mirrors a shot from the Phantom Menace where Maul is fighting Obi-Wan. So it's like a the Masters and the wow. Apprentices fighting oh, each other, you know? Um, oh, dude. This is, what, what is she... Like, how is she like this? How this cold? Is? Yeah. Like, she's... I remember there's something where she, like, she beats the... I don't know, she does some move to someone, and L3's like, I've never seen that before. What What the hell even was mm-hmm. that? And she's like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. Uh, I learned it from uh, Dryden, right? Is that what she said? Dryden, yeah. So not uh, She's really... been trained by Darth Maul. That's um, what I thought. I'm like, there there has to be some, like, some connection to Maul here. But like, yeah, no, she's been, she's been trained in combat by Maul. Like, um, just... But not lightsaber comp. Like she, no, probably not. But like blades, probably as we see, we right. see later in the movie. But we I just see. had that whole scene where L three is explaining her relationship to Lando and how it's awkward because she doesn't feel the same way about him and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I whole... understand. You know, yeah, it's how would that even work? It, it works. works. It works. I feel like they they're already a couple. I mean, they seem like they always push the. The hyperdrive at the same time. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the lines they have back and forth with each other. I mean, there's love there. There yeah, is. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I guess whenever she does go and, like, you know, he's running out there, like, oh, you know, like, he, like that, like, he's oh, very, um... very distraught. Like, he's, oh, yeah, for sure. Man, does Kessel. Not easily. This is one back. of those, uh, Eesh. there are a few locations in Star Wars where, I mean, obviously, they've been adapted into maps on Battlefront 2 um, and okay. Kessel. This area, the Spice Mine of Kessel Ooh. here, was adapted into a map, and it's one of my favorites. It was one where you were either getting absolutely fucking destroyed or you were absolutely fucking destroying someone else. Like, yeah. you get an upper hand and you run with it. Um, huh. This is the, the first live-action appearance of a pike. Uh, later oh, showed up in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Do they have the same look? Like same look as this? Completely? Roughly, roughly the same look. Um, the helmet's a little different. 
a little different. Maybe but, that's uh, just this one in Kessel. It's a little different. Yeah. They have to breathe different. I don't fucking know. It's toxic there as shit, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's funny that uh, one of those little bits of fan service that doesn't make like all the sense in the world is that uh, Tobias Beckett is wearing the same set of the same disguise as Lando wears in Jabba's palace. Uh, yeah, he is. But Maybe it's in the the Falcon then. It might be. That's in a good closet. Point. It's just in his closet, and then that's. It's just that's around, that's maybe. probably yeah. the case. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Oh, yeah, that's shit. oh shit. That's a, oh, that's actually kind of cool that it's in here now. I thought it was cheesy at first. Like, oh wow, I did too. I thought it was like because the way that but, I looked at it is that was Jabba the Hutt's guards. Like that's how they dressed. Uh, so it doesn't really make sense for him to be here dressed like that. Oh yeah, uh, do Jabba's guards dress like that too? No, because he had the Gamorrean guards. So there was like it, yeah, it was no, definitely yeah. okay. I think the key was that he came with like Boosh, which was Leia in a disguise as well. Yes, um, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, maybe it's just been in the Falcon this whole time. Yeah, maybe so it's, it's just the Falcon. It's just in the closet of the Falcon. I like that idea a lot. I mean, Lando's got capes, but I feel like he's he's got other shit. You know, yeah, he's a, he's a very stylish guy. You know, there's a, we talked about favorite scene, obviously, and my favorite scene already came and went. But if there is a favorite sequence mm. in this entire movie for me it is it's what happens on kessel here the breakout um, i was so torn here uh whether to go with like the actual breakout or the kessel run itself like the uh in 12 you know him making it out in 12 parsecs if you round um, down buddy yeah like i i don't know if it's the actual flight or the breakout right um i don't know maybe maybe this watch because it that that is my scene. I mean, I knew my scene is going to come from this part of the movie. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'll wait until the Kessel runs over to declare which yeah, one right. is actually the winner. Because I mean, this is nice. It had you know, a nice <laughs> chewy moment. That was oh, that yeah. was the uniform that would have fit me perfectly. But it's fine. Uh, see, like it's moments like that. There was a moment early on where we were talking over it, but it's one of my favorite jokes in this movie. It's L three, and that dude's like. I'm going to turn you off. Where's your switch? Oh, yeah. And she goes, good. L- you, I have a tough time believing you'd be able to find it. You know, a nice oh, little clip, nice little clit joke from a droid here, which is fantastic. Perfect. Um, that had to have come from Lando, dude. Terrace Kasi. That's what me. Yeah. Terrace Kasi. Like, what is, what's that? Let's see. What is Terrace Kasi? Whatever that is. Terrace Kasi. Let me see what this is. How was that even spelled? Did you see it in the subtitles? I that did. I I got you here. I can uh, I can report Thanks. back here in a moment when it when it loads for me. But uh, I love love L three here going on the the droid uh, liberator as mm-hmm. she is. Hello, you're free. <laughs> yeah, Dryden Voss Takira. Have you ever heard of the art of Terrace Kasi? It was designed to counter the Jedi but I find it works quite well on anyone with limbs to break. <laughs> it was a form of a uh, hand-to-hand combat that was created to fight force sensitives. That is why it exists. So people without the force can fight people with the force. Um, melee weapons could also be used in this combat form. 
Its practitioners were ranked into novices, adepts, or masters according to their skill level and wore distinctive outfits. Uh, Maul was a practitioner of Tarascasi, mm-hmm. taught it to Dryden, Dryden Voss, who in turn taught it to Kira. Wow. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, that's... I guess Maul would know how to fight Force Sensitives. And uh, try to yeah, he's going to have to, you know? Yeah, that's... Wait, what... It existed before, long before Maul, though? Like, this is... Yeah, Maul didn't invent it. Yeah, Yeah, he he practiced it and... Wow. Taught it to Dryden Voss, who taught it to... It's like, the most badass you can get without being Force-sensitive, you know? Like, uh, you can take down other Force-sensitives, but you're not even... Oh, this wonderful little moment for Chewie where he's Uh. like... Yes. That's his tribe, you know? He's gotta free he's gotta free his boys. They're in the spice mines of Kessel. Yeah, this is this is what made me kinda like hesitate on the yeah. taking the flight part. Because you have yeah. this and it's like, oh little goodbye maybe, but you know Well we got the multiple liberations happening all at once. L three is liberating droids, Chewie is liberating Wookiees. Um everyone I mean, else in the mine is escaping. And and Yeah, Han Han and Tobias are liberating Coaxium. Mm-hmm. Um and it's in its unrefined form, of course. Um, God, oh he is gnarly god. with it. Oh my god! Yeah, that's this Wookiee's always kind of freaked me out. What the fuck's going on with that face? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's like a Bigfoot or a like yeah, a... much reminds me so much of Bigfoot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't Sasquatch I don't... sort of figure, and it I, you know I like because we've we've seen like General Tarful and. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum, and they all look a little bit more like Chewbacca than that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people look different. Beings look different. So, you know, maybe maybe no judgment to be had. Um, here's another outstandingly funny part of the movie. <laughs> That's what I said. Ooh. That was yeah. impressive. Yeah, a little, little nut kick. <laughs> that Their little reaction. It. That was, yeah. that was impressive, yeah. Kick to the nuts. No matter what species you are, it seems... That's gonna uh, fuck we'll, you up. We'll do it. That will do it. Damn, man. I think that underrated visual movie. I'm realizing it like, this off too. Like, yeah. It is this nice. Is, this is nice to look at. And I I don't know why I've thought in the past of it as boring. You know, I said it was the most unique and boring simultaneously. There and there are place. Yeah, you know, like there are there are boring visuals, but like maybe that's later in the fucking movie. I'm like, I don't think that I've seen one yet where I'm like, well, that's boring. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Calrissian Chronicles, baby. Chapter five continued. Love that alliteration there. Yes, but uh, God, he's just so cool. I mean, this is a little nerdy, but like, it's cool for him. It's it's because it's Lando. It's cool. Oh yeah, um, no, he's you know he's he's writing his memoirs. I tune um, in to the. Oh, I would, I would. The, uh, yeah. Well, and it's also like incredibly narcissistic, you know. Like there's, it's going with his thing where like it's all about him, the Calrissian Chronicles, and oh yeah. Um, one of the best things about Lando's exploration through the original trilogy is how he becomes much less self-serving and much less selfless. And obviously, you can't go on that journey in this movie, and he remains selfish like the whole mm-hmm. fucking time. But yeah. he, he sh- the way that they show he's capable of love and care is through L3. And that's such a 
you know, we talk about it a lot when we talk about Star Wars is like a, a, a primary way to determine the morality of a character is mm. how well they treat droids and how much they mm -hmm. respect them as beings, yeah. not yeah, as yeah. servants, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. I'm, this is, I don't know, very <laughs> crazy. Oh, yeah, that's not good. That dude. Hey, that's probably an instant death, though. I, I wouldn't oh, yeah. be too bad about that if that's how I went against Chewbacca. I'd rather have that than my arms ripped off, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, love the the reunion, you know. He, he hey, really I'm thought Chewie's he might have been saying, Han. Like, did Han think he was actually saying goodbye to Chewie right there for a minute, you know? I like, think he did, yeah. It? Like, he said, yeah, yeah I, hope I, see you. I hope I see you that's again right, someday, yeah. you know, like. Yeah. He did think he was not going to see his homie again. God, I love yeah. this sequence. Kessel is so fucking cold, man. I love how he shoots too. He's so like like yeah, just pop, pop, over pop, the pop. top. Yeah, and someone shoots the Falcon and he's like he he sees someone shoot the Falcon. He's like, "Nah." Yeah, yeah that no. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. God, that's so cool. Oh, that is God. so fucking cool. Oh my god. Oh, I love it. The toss the toss and catch of the blaster is always so fucking pimp and ah the twirls i love the twirls every time that tobias that twirls cool? the blaster it's just an impulse and this is the first time i mean not the first time we we get to see kira be like an absolute badass but just uh she's about her fucking business bro you know <laughs> yeah, everyone out here is doing blasters and they're doing they're doing some stuff but kira's like all right she's on game bro she's yeah. she is ready for she's it like let me let me take care of this guys your your blasters are doing all right but uh yeah and i love like... the interior of the falcon in this era it's so much cleaner and it's obviously taken care of by lando mm -hmm. you know like uh mm -hmm. it, it whenever it falls into han and chewie's hands the maintenance <laughs> on the inside and the vanity the process has begun yeah yes. it's uh it has begun and oh uh, yeah uh, l3 oh man you know what no this is way better God, than this tracking kessel shot run. is so fucking hard yeah yeah i got i gotta switch it i can't do the actual kessel run this is the scene for sure oh it's too good out. man it's, uh, there's something like hard to watch and a little pathetic about what lando does here um Whenever he like lifts L three up and like her top half comes off and then oh. he's dragging her back to the and it's not like it's not pathetic it's like you almost get a secondhand embarrassment but you feel mm. bad there's a pity to it and it's it's hard to watch you know like that little stumble and fall oh. there like it's 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 just like oh this poor fucking guy he's man going he's through it he got shot yeah. himself is is basically his only like. I love her. Yeah. Oh, Lando yeah. carries L three. Chewie carries Lando. Just a perfect, perfect little moment there. Um, badass. Oh yeah, her. there she is. Yep. She said, "Fuck this. What are we doing? Let's fucking roll, baby." Where are the explosives? Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. What are we doing? That, are we that was the opportunity to fucking leave. I just blew up so many of them. Let's fucking roll. Um, uh, this this thing that L3 is doing is the like human equivalent of uh, Charles Xavier in first class going, I can't feel my legs. Oh, I can't feel my legs. No, and that's yeah. always what I think of um, oh, whenever she's like, no. it's not responding. It's not responding. She's panicking because she is sentient and fully aware yes. of everything that's happening. 
But she says, what's happening to me, though? Like, she yeah. doesn't know. Like She doesn't understand. Yeah. But she's aware like, that she, stuff's not working, you know? And oh. that's, oh, it's it's hard to watch, man. Did um, you know that the middle of the Falcon? I get, Like, no, we, we wouldn't have never known. Like, that it was an escape pod. But, like, it's just right. gone because it was in the, you know, in whatever they were in. Like, there's no yeah. shot of getting it back. Um, Yeah, uh. that. Like, oh, man. Oh, three. Mm. Okay, that little metal part on her, her little mouth thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, for some reason, I feel like that is in what he rubbed his thumb across. That is somewhere else in Star Wars. I don't know why. I feel like I've I, seen. That exactly I know what you're talking about. I think it's. Else. Um, for some reason, I'm getting R2D2. I'm getting uh, Mandalorian armor. For some reason, it reminds me of like the little extension off the top of the helmets. Um, like the little sensor that comes down whenever they're like targeting stuff. That could be it. Man, I don't know why. Like, why this piece of metal? Why is it? Why does that feel so familiar for whatever? No, I know. I know exactly where. Um, Anakin Skywalker at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, the uh the fucking headpiece he's wearing Thank that he's talking. That's yeah. it. That's it. Fuck yes, dude. Oh my god. Oh, that's a gorgeous Sith. shot there too. What would you call yeah. that? Ship Jedi oh. Fighter. Uh Jedi Starfighter, okay. Anakin Skywalker, Revenge of the Sith. It... It doesn't look like it exactly, but that is the that is the thing I was thinking of. Okay, cool. I'm glad. Piece, but Don't like, you love that look. we know Star Wars so wow. well that I could randomly pick that out of the top of my off the top of my head? That's incredible. I'm like, I, I worked my way there. My way there to R2 yeah. Mando. Yeah. I'm like, they wear that helmet thing in the for itch, like, though. Yeah, they wear that for like four minutes canonically. Yeah. In the entire, I mean, maybe in in Clone Wars they have it on a little bit more. I don't know, but right. like, um, God, this whole sequence is also so fucking cool, though. You know, it's yeah, uh, okay, maybe and the I part. Well, the reason that you might consider going with it is simply because of the legend that becomes of it. You know, like the Kessel Run. That's done why in twelve yes. seconds. Twelve. Um, this is the Kessel Run, dude. Everyone, like Luke, is a legend to people. They don't even think he's real. Han, people know, like, they don't know that it's Han, but they know someone. Has well, done Han's done so much that people think there are different Hans. Oh. If, you, if you recall in The Force Awakens, she goes, wait, you're Han Solo the smuggler? And Finn goes, no, that's oh. Han Solo the rebellion general. That's right. You know? yeah. um, oh, and man. Han's like, actually, I'm fucking both, okay? Um, Damn, he is actually that guy. He is, yeah. man. Oh, and it, I hurt my thumbs. This is a great part from Woody Harrelson here. Um. <laughs> man, you know, I don't know. I might have, I might have prematurely switched it. You know, um, like a Gingleson's belt. This whole thing, fucking funny. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh God! It's it, there's nothing like a classic Star Wars air battle, but this is also the Kessel Run. This is also 
fucking injecting the fuel pump with yeah. waxium. I'm I'm switching back. I'm fucking. I, I, I knew I'd do it. I knew I'd do it too. Um, Th- that scene got plenty of love while it was on. It's also much more extended. I feel like it's drawn out how do you limit that to one scene like i feel like it goes on for several 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 minutes you know so um i love just hitting a tie fighter like a ping pong paddle though that was that's awesome or a fly swatter basically um yeah and she would be like all right i'm 109 this is is the duo right here another alden aaron ike delivery that just makes him my favorite right here you look great you know, just, uh, it, it's so simple and it's so, it's so small and it doesn't feel like it would be the reason you pick a performance in anything. God, that music swell right there. Ah, God, I love Star Wars, man. And a few things make me feel like I love Star Wars than when we do these live commentaries. Mm-hmm. Just talking through it and talking it about me. it as and it's I, happening. Oh, the holiday time too. Yeah, I always watch so much more Star oh, Wars yeah. during the holidays. Oh yeah, like, this is this is the time of year, especially since like this was the rarity. <laughs> I really hurt my thumbs. I love I love Woody, but uh, you know, this was the outlier here. But four of the five Disney era Star Wars movies came out in December. You know, like they released in December. When I go to the theater. I associate Star Wars with winter. I, mm-hmm. I associate with the end of the year. This came six months off the coattails of The Last Jedi, the most divisive movie in the entire saga. It was terribly marketed. It had production. It was in production hell. Mm-hmm. It did have the the hard sell of a recast in an iconic role from Harrison Ford. So. Like I completely understand why financially this didn't succeed. Yeah, but goddamn, is it a fucking shame that Disney has taken the complete wrong lessons from it, man? Like, imagine we get this, but I don't know. Like, who else could we get a nice old character study on that could just be easily recasted? I know a, a Chewy prequel would actually be pretty sick. Uh, I wouldn't like mind this. it. I would love a show entirely about Wookiees, you know? And, you know, there's so much. And Lucasfilm just did. Disney just shut down like a whole branch of Lucasfilm animation stuff. So chances mm. are that after Bad Batch, we're not getting oh. much more. Um, mm. Which fucking sucks because this universe just lends itself so fully and completely to animation. Um, and while obviously I, I adore the anime, the, uh, the live action stuff, the freedom they've had with rebels and with clone wars and with bad batch, it's just mm. so fulfilling. Um, yeah. the level up like that bad batch saw like, uh, dude, just the look it's well, and the oh, fact that God. we'll never get another animated series that's not in that style like let's let's live it up a little bit bro this even tales of the jedi is amazing Um, yeah exactly i forgot about that one i mean obviously i think visions is going to continue to be done as long as animation studios are willing to do it true yeah Um, it's not their own anime they're like all right if we can outsource it good yeah Um, right dude this is this is one of those things that i was talking about with the heightened fantasy 
of Star Wars here. Mm-hmm. What <laughs> Lando being like, I don't know what the fuck that thing is. That is not supposed to be here. This thing is just sitting in the middle of space. It's got all sorts of tentacles and eyes. Look at that mouth. What the fuck is this thing? So this is the ancient Pergil in my head. You know, this is, I mean, mm. like, kind of has the tentacles. They, they do that. A l- I feel like they, Pergil have that electricity going through their... Yeah, no, a little bit don't. to a degree. It kind of glows. Like a, it doesn't, yeah. yeah, it's like a glowy thing instead. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily Pergil. Um, yeah, no, I don't Rancor. know what the fuck that thing it's is. It's like Rancor damn, that's mixed pretty. with Pergil. Um, mixed with I the love wet. the contrast of like the blue and the orange in this sequence. Like that's... Damn, the escape pod. Really would have loved to see the inside of that before it just went bye-bye. Yeah, it got jettisoned. Um, but... Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the monochromatic style that this this movie provides, like that flashing between red and blue, and red and blue the the auxiliary lights and stuff. Oh. Like it's so pretty, dude. Yes, yes, yes. And I remember there. I think it's it's in this flight sequence somewhere where they lose power completely, and it's all red mm. inside for a little bit. And like yeah. the use of lighting in this is actually like they they do it a whole lot. Um. Mm. Of course, perfect. Like everyone plays their role perfectly. Like Chewie stepped into the co-pilot role. Kira is is just like perfectly and just effortlessly put L three up into yeah. the ship. Yep. Now, like L three, yeah, she's part of the ship now. Uh, I think this is where they lose. Mm. Uh, this might be where they lose power temporarily here. Oh, I think it's after. Well, I feel maybe like it already happened. Maybe we weren't. Uh, maybe we were talking through it. Um, yeah, because I know when whenever he injects it at first, it gives him a slight boost, but then they lose everything, and then it comes back on. Uh, and, like, a yes, last yes, boom. yes, yes. But I feel like there is that shot there. right there. That's pretty. Like it's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like surgical as well. I love how like he he gets like the syringe and this like molding clay or yeah. like whatever you know it like it now cool. um now shut now? Up, let me do this you know he's like just yeah. shut up dude I, dude obviously... the way that thing's skin is getting pulled back oh. like ugh. nope yeah nope yeah <laughs> uh, that's a skeleton of whatever it, that creature is there that's um, that, that, that's not even like a black hole i, I don't even know what that's just they, a gravity well a gravity that, well the maw means it looks like hell um like it does where where do you go when you go through that thing i mean obviously you die but on yeah i don't think you go i don't think you go that is the last place you go um there yeah you don't go you don't go anywhere further after that god yeah oh, that's, dude, that's dope. dope so fucking cool uh-oh that moment made me realize that coaxium is literally just oil uh <laughs> like a, a straight up analogy for oil and it works like uh, the mines just you know, exploiting people mm-hmm. and planets for it in this case. Um, I guess I, I oh I love you know they could have they could have jumped to light speed now in theory. You know? Uh, theory. Maybe the calculations weren't made. Yeah, know. maybe the calculations weren't made. Maybe he doesn't feel like he has a clear shot. That shot right oh. there, where it zooms in on his eyes, uh, gives me chills every time I watch it. First time though, like the Captain America, um, shot. I feel like 
whenever he sees hyperspace for the first time, if they do that shot right there with his eye. Mm. Mm. Did, was it was that done? That was in Endgame, right? For Captain America, was that? Yeah, whenever he's in space for the first time, yeah. Endgame. So. It would have been a couple years, or a year after this. Okay, so yeah, they, it hasn't been. Yeah, not to mention that release schedule-wise, this movie came out like four weeks after Infinity War. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's. Like, Disney fucked it up. Yeah. Marketing-wise. Yeah, that is not good. This movie was like the first one that really gave, well, I guess maybe the sequels are, are always a, a gray area because it's like, I feel like it's hate for now, but later on people will, will come to love them. I fucking love the sequel trilogy, man. Yeah, this <laughs> hell of a ship. <laughs> Lando's pissed. Yeah, he man. Is just... Yep. And a little oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the parallel there. Okay. I hate you. I know. God, I love Star Wars, man. This makes me so fucking happy. I love that ring Lando was rocking too, by the way. It was like that yeah, little bar like there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that... yeah, a little bit of the, the sling ring as yeah. it uh yeah, but just a one finger one, just a, a mm-hmm. single finger sling ring. Savarine, it's obviously not the flashiest planet by any means, but I enjoy the kind of makeshift uh, vibe it has and the oh, practicality yeah. of it. Like you can oh, tell they they built this bad. set, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this bar is set. I mean, this is like set. Like they are refining the most valuable resource there is and look at their li- look at mm-hmm. their planet you know like well and you know they're outside imperial jurisdiction there's um oh wait i guess this is just a refinery on this planet might have been a i guess so this isn't the planet that people come to to refine no or- this is a refinery that is outside of imperial territory okay okay um, do they usually refine it in on kessel itself i'm not sure that would make sense maybe the kessel run maybe that's how it's known is like they have to get it out fast enough to refine it sort of thing maybe that would make sense uh this Mm. is uh character defining moment here mm -hmm. as far as uh I mean, God, their their chemistry is just... I, that's always what I come back to here between Amelia Clark and old Aaron Reich. Like, that little shot right there. Oh, mm. Hard to not go with that line. You are the good guy. That's the line of the movie. I mean, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if there is a line in the movie, that's it. Um, I just ended up going... Oh, it already it already passed. I'm sorry, L3. I don't know when it was. Yeah, we um, were talking through it. But uh but just a good old classic um Lando asking her if she needs anything and L3 responding with equal rights. Equal rights. Um I just I love L3. If I'm not going to give her the character, I'll at least give her the line. Uh, mm. Almost got another one of like Droid Revolution. Yeah. Uh, 
or rebellion i think it droid uprising oh, maybe that was it yeah yeah, yeah. um but I, I got the love spread, I feel. Oh, uh, that shot is so hard. And that and music, music kicking in. God damn. So cool. That's why oh. that's why Enfys Nest is my favorite. Every time she shows up, I am just electrified. Um mm. there it is. Classic Western shot there too. Yes. Yeah. It's like uh Mad Max Darth Vader. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yep, there's the it goes bad, then it goes good, then it goes bad, you know, then it goes good. It's the rest of this movie. It goes bad, then it goes good, then it goes bad, then it goes good. That's that's how this movie ends. Um He's so confident right now too. And, and Lando's st- like It's like Lando had a calm and was listening and he's like, This is how I get back at Han, you know, yeah, like this is right when he says this guy. shit. See you later. Um, God, I love that character design. Uh, Sorry, do your thing. He's not the veteran yet, you know. He's still mm-hmm. learning. You know, he's got to he's got to make these mistakes to, so that he is the Han we know. And whenever he tells Jabba, "Oh, well, triple your money," or what you know, or whatever, yeah. how he gets out of everything. Um, God, those like teeth that mm, her yeah. chest plate is lined with. Yeah. And the reveal oh, that she's uh, a little more than a 16, 17 year old girl. Yeah. Damn. Aaron Kellyman has very quickly in recent years become one of my favorite actresses working. Uh, first, this. Then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then she was also probably my favorite character in the now completely erased from everything TV show Willow. Um, Yep. I will never be able to see that unless I guess unless it's piratable. I don't know if people got I'd assume it's probably it's probably piratable. But I always I always love feeling like a pirate on the Internet buying a keyboard and a mouse. High seas of video. (laughs) See, yeah, I wonder what. I guess it is just stealing. I don't know. That's why it's pirate. But like, you wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> just that hardcore music. God, yeah, why was that everywhere? Burr. That played everywhere. Well, and also, why would they make it seem so fucking cool? Um, and advertising for not this part's always been funny to me too. Like the uh, the what, death what star. Yeah, it's them. like I, I every time I watch it, I'm like, how how the fuck they know about the Death Star, bro? This is like the Geonosis uh, guy drawing it in the sand, but they're, it's just Crimson Dawn, you know, then yeah. they say Crimson Dawn, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, like, I'm right, like, right. oh, duh, it's not the fucking We're about Death to get Star. Willow Uffgood himself right there. That dude plays Willow. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Warwick Davis was also Wicket the Ewok back in Return of the Jedi. I thought um, he was, it, when, he, when I saw his face, I'm like, I don't know where I've seen him before, but I feel like I've... Oh, I mean, after Return of the Jedi, he is in every Star Wars movie in some role. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, in The Phantom Menace, he's he's on Tatooine during the pod race. He's just there. Um, he's just always somewhere in the movies. Um, yeah. I'm glad so, that, that it is from Star Wars, because I felt like it might have been from somewhere else, but I'm like, man, he just really feels like he's just a, a familiar Star Wars face. I feel like I, I've seen his IMDb of him, like, with a Wookiee costume 
or Wookiee, right. uh, Ewok costume and like having the mask off. I feel like that's what I've seen, but. Mm. Yeah, man. I man, love me. Well, Woody Harrelson does, or Woody Harrelson, Beckett does, like, it, it makes sense for his character, but, like, I'm just, like, god damn, like, this this was your out, you know? I well, don't there know. was a whole interaction earlier in the movie that was so fucking obviously foreshadowing him being a bad guy, where he's like, uh, people will always show you who they really are. You can't trust anybody. Everybody's predictable. And he delivers, like, four lines back to back to back to back that are just like, oh, like, oh well, that is obviously going to be a callback eventually you know yeah. they will obviously call back to that and then it's not just a callback they literally reference it which is one of those things that like writing wise you know that, like that whole the, there's mm. that classic uh meme uh i know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards um mm. th- there's there's this is not a subtle film and you know a movie doesn't have to be subtle to be good um, but it doesn't hurt. Um, it's kind of weird. The little touch on the face just reminded me of him touching Kylo. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, honestly, this is like kind of the only father figure. He's mm-hmm. like, because I guess no, I don't a... say his dad. Like he he said his dad worked on like making the Falcon, but like, did he die young or leave or like why was he? Canonically, I am not exactly sure what happened with Han's dad. Um, I feel like they said, like, um, it was in the cockpit, I think, whenever he's walking in, like, Lando, like, hey, what about your dad, or what, you know, whatever. Because um, then I remember Lando saying, oh, my dad, you know, out of the picture, but my mom, that's the most wonderful human being there is in the entire galaxy, or something, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But I think Han might have said woman. something more about his dad other than him working on the, uh, the I didn't catch it I but I, I'm it. not sure um, okay so I think Savarine is kind of where I got to the point where I was like it's a little visually dull um, yeah yeah because even like uh, Tatooine I mean that's photographed just a, far you know, more impressively yeah and it's got I twin stones I guess that helps um, still just though, it, it automatically like, makes it look for a movie as- that has been so preoccupied with this uh really distinctive monochromatic color palette to get to a desert world and not continue that with like a yellow white yeah. clean true put it like give it golden hour or some shit you know like mm. you control the sun you know well and then we're getting on crimson dawn the the yacht here which is so gold and like everything like it feels like there was a there was a built-in opportunity imagine there, a but... sunset out of these windows instead of uh, just right day. I don't know. Like, right, uh, right. That golden. I always love that visual, though. Just big ass window behind a small ass desk. Mm, um, yeah, it's foreboding. So empire, though, gives them Very... gives them a sense of uh, mm-hmm. prominence. Look at that a uh, Mandalorian armor in the background there. Um, oh, right, yeah, right yeah. behind Dryden's head there. Uh, got a lot of relics or a lot of cool things up in here. Yeah. Crystal Skull? Is that like a little indie? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I mean, it's I... Actually, almost certainly. Um... Hmm. Yeah, I bet a lot of this, because a lot of like the stuff in uh, Luthen's shop 
There's a lot of like indie references. A lot, a lot of oh, just yeah. random. No, that is almost certainly an Indiana Jones reference to the That's, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's obviously not the exact same. It's not the same shape by mm. any means, um, but it being a crystal skull feels like enough. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And See, and I think this is the scene where Paul Bettany really, really shines as Dryden Voss, this sort of possessive um, mm. gaslighting piece of shit, whereas, mm-hmm. like, there's something so unpredictable and volatile about him that feels much more cool than the, like, just outwardly threatening thing he mm. was doing. Mm-hmm. But the like, I know what's really happening, and I don't, I don't like it, and fuck you, and I like it's just all, mm. yeah, yeah, it's a cool little, shot. Little showing us the blaster there. That's a cool shot. And then imagine how much money you think just that one little, Flat. yeah, one, yeah, one is worth there. That's God, uh... I don't even fucking know. Like, he doesn't know Han. Like, I mean, he literally deals in this shit all the time. I'm pretty sure he knows it's explosive. Come on, dude. Very explosive stuff. Uh, I never ask for anything twice, Han. God, I love... I love Star Wars effects. The Star Wars stuff. This, I, I want it. I don't even know what it would be, but I I'd, want it. I'd, I'd take um, one. I Like, a, a big-ass version of it. It's a corner lamp. A corner uh, lamp, yes, it's a lamp. Mm. That'd be a sick-ass lamp. It could be a desk exactly. lamp, even. At that size, it could be a desk lamp. It could be. I would like a big-ass version of it, though, and then actually mm. have the, like, Corellium in the middle somehow. I don't know how they did that, but it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love how he's like, huh, wow, it looks so real. Yeah, I, I love the I, way that Han immediately looks at Kira and is like, yo, what the fuck? That's the best line delivery yeah. Paul Bettany has the entire movie. No, not Kira, not Kira. And it's just like, it's, it's the most authentic it feels. And this is, you know, it's fine. I think it's a funny, corny reveal and that's okay. Um, bum, bum. The, will you please come in here? Um, yeah. The amount of like, uh, twists that go on double crossing yeah oh my god it's so well, it's awesome. classic it's classic yeah. heist film stuff uh-huh. like uh just when you thought it's over you know the, nope. they've been double crossed but wait they double cross or double cross thing yeah. uh so yeah if there's uh, you know i think that the movie's st- like the story of it and i think that in a lot of a lot of the character work i think it's written pretty well but there are some obvious I think there are some obvious moments where writing wise it's mm. not it's not as strong as some of uh some of Star Wars's counterparts. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like there are there are different there are different things that different Star Wars movies are strong with as far as writing is concerned, where you know, in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, it's more the grand scope um of the narrative that we end up tying all together. Um, mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy I think does just some outstanding character work along with Solo here I think it does some wonderful character work and has yeah. a great great general story surrounding it yeah I guess usually the main Star Wars movies ah oh, dude just 
the scars are just so cool. Like whenever he gets mm-hmm. mad, like it's like almost like gills, like a fish. Yeah. But well, and it's so it's frightening, you know. Yeah. Like if you are as close to his face as Kira is there, and his eyes turn red, and yeah, he, you, you know, know he's angry. Like mm-hmm. you obviously can tell when someone is just angry normally, but like you really know when he's mad. You know, like it's a very obvious. And then calms down. Damn. Yeah, I'd want to see them fight, actually, and what they're trained with all the... They can beat a... I don't know, so, like, those guards, you think, beat Force-sensitive suit? You think they're trained in the the ways um, of... No, I'd be willing to bet there's a... You know, it's it's your certain protégés. You kind mm. of uh, continue the lessons of Taras Kasi. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Eamon, how about that? Oh, Okay. Little wonderful. God, I love Enfys Nest. Um, this group of Marauders is so badass. All being displaced and uh, oppressed by the the Syndicate or the five Syndicates, and for them specifically, the Crimson Dawn, and to you know steal from the rich, give to the poor, take from like. Robin Hood ass marauding team. That's so fucking cool. Come on, no, it's perfect. There's, I love, I love him here. Uh, this is one of the best character moments for Tobias Beckett as well. You know, I'm thinking, and I prefer to be the only one with a blaster in my hand while I think. <laughs> Dude, he's so good. Oh, and it's, it's, again, you're dealing with, there was a great line earlier that was like, uh, always stick to the plan. Don't Never improvise. improvise yeah. yeah. Very, you know, and then he, killer. And then, what do I do? I'm down here. What do I do? He's like, improvise. Improvise. He said, you never said, you always said never improvise. Fuck. But, oh, and then like right there, that's pure improvisation there by, that's true. by Tobias Beckett. You mm-hmm. know, he couldn't have possibly planned that. These daggers. Some of, those are some pretty gnarly Star Wars weapons. knuckles, and yeah, not just a knife as well. Also, like a energy, like light almost like a blade, similar to like a vibro blade, but not quite that. You know, vibro like the, blade plus lightsaber. Yeah, into one and brass Ooh. knuckle. Like, oh my god. god, damn, those are cool. Um. And gotta be just extraordinarily difficult to defend against in a uh, close combat situation. Like all you can do is exactly what Han's run doing. away. Yeah, just uh, dodge. <laughs> lucky, lucky yeah. as shit. Lucky as shit. You know, like he just keeps getting so fucking lucky. And I love that. That's like part of Han's whole thing is that he just mm. just happens to get away with stuff. Um, God. He, it's just a shame that we'll never, we won't ever see Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo again. And if we do, it'll be years down the line. There was a, there was an interview recently. It was a, did you see the behind the scenes Oppenheimer clip where mm-hmm. Alden Ehrenreich is sitting with a interviewer and some, they were like, uh, what's it like being in a movie and a production like this with such a massive cast? And he's like, it's such an honor and a privilege to be a part of. It's so 
it feels so important and I feel like the work I'm doing matters. And mm-hmm. he takes a pause and he starts to laugh and he goes, it feels so fucking good not to have to lie about this shit. Um, oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Huh. So continuing the tradition of actors for Han Solo who do not like being in uh, in perfect. Star Wars. He's a perfect Han. He's the, perf- he's the perfect oh successor. Um, wow. And obviously this movie went through production hell, so it was it was not a pleasure to work on. It was not mm. fun, you know, like it's not it's not particularly because of the story and because of the result of the movie and because of that. But like it was just terrible working for Lucasfilm and Disney. Um, hmm. But yeah, yeah Kira, guess... son, Dryden and moments there. That was. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Kira is, I guess, Dryden trained by Maul, but Kira. Trained by Dryden and mm-hmm. Maul, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Doubled up, tripled up. Kira's just better. Better like that. I feel like Dryden had a very, sh- I don't know what his childhood was like, but he seemed like he grew up rich already. Kira grew yeah. up on Corellia, you know, she was already, she had to be scrappy. Yeah, she um, had to, she had to work for what she got. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm selling Dryden short on his origin story. I don't think but... you are. I think that. Uh, that's one of the weak things about the writing of this movie is that like you just don't have shit to go yeah, off. That's of the villain. That's the villain of this movie, pretty much. I mean, in every Star Wars movie, it's always good versus evil. Like that's like mm-hmm. always the bigger story that's going on. Ah, oh, what a shot there too. The reflection. Yeah, the, the reflection. Yeah, oh. I'm glad you caught that too. That's a good that look. Nice. Um, but yeah, realizing what's actually the most valuable thing in the room. Um, and like how pale he runs when he dies like that's uh that's gross yeah <laughs> that is just, that's gross <laughs> like what a vil- like what like a cool it's still human but very alien you know like obviously it's a human actor but you don't think of him really as human see uh, like with that shot here at least there was like something interesting going on with like the spin around mm-hmm. them you know like it wasn't just here they are walking through the sand uh, so shamefully back in 2018 when i went and saw this in theaters i my star wars lore knowledge was zilch zip mm-hmm. nada i mean like there was a little bit i loved the movies and i loved i loved the original trilogy i loved the prequel trilogy trilogy i'd loved the movies i've gone and seen um in the years prior when he showed up in 2018, mm. I went, what the fuck? You know, I was like, this brother, this man got cut in fucking half. Mm. You know, like me and Tavares looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? You know, oh, I'm just pretty to... sure I was confused as hell. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I probably thought like, wait, well, what and I, is this? Like, God, I look like, at those eyes there. There's mm. going to be a shot here when he ignites his lightsaber. The way it reflects off of Kira. Oh, dude. One of this right here. That. Oh, in her God. eyes. Dude. I fucking love it. And obviously this is great. We got Ray Park in the the physical Darth Maul, but Sam Witwer voicing him. Um, That's just a, a match made in heaven. Oh, absolutely. Right there for Maul. And that's... Oh. Yeah, this is like what a a cool ass open ended Kira, Kira could have her own fucking movie, dude. Like, dude, 
holy shit. Like I love that Han beat them over there somehow. Just took the long way around, ran, sprinted. Oh, yeah, wait, what? I like to imagine he just ran the whole fucking way. You know, he's gotta get there, gotta get there, gotta get there, gotta get there. Um, <laughs> he's like uh, he's like Christ- uh, Christopherson and Fantastic Mr. Fox when he's like, look at him go. And he's like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And he's like, he's digging and digging and digging and digging. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. He literally came from the I ship. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. God. This is the crucial turning point for that character of Han Solo. Han oh. shot first, you know. He's been hardened. Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust him. But he still cares, you know. That yeah. right there. I've got chills just like yeah. with this character moment where he runs up to him and he's he's clearly distraught that he had to make that move and he knew yeah. he had to make that move. Yeah, there was, it was either him, one of them's going there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Valacord. I wonder if Valacord, yeah. They have, uh, like what that is. The equivalent. Oh my god, what? <laughs> that is not what I expected whatsoever. It's like a harp mixed with. You know those my really favorite. long Swedish? They're not Swedish, but oh, is, this is my favorite shot is coming yeah. up. Oh, this um, is this is your favorite shot. This is okay. I'm declaring my favorite shot here, and it's uh, when they cut back up right here. It's the isolation of Kira and the front facing lighting. We've seen her true face. Ooh, and that and it's it's sorrowful. Look at and that. it's sad, and it's she wants what she can't have, but she knows what she must do almost, and it's a uh, beautiful, gorgeous imagery, like the shadows behind her and that lighting on her face, and you know Amelia Clark. She's I've talked about how like in Titanic, um, James Cameron photographs. Mm. Um, Rose, like she's the most beautiful person who ever lived, and and Casablanca, Ingrid Bergman, mm-hmm. looks so deeply important. Like that is what cinema is. That's that's the only shot in this movie where I feel that about mm-hmm. anything. Like Amelia Clark feels so. This is what movies are in in that moment, and it mm-hmm. makes me so very happy. But uh, yeah, that's damn. I didn't notice the lighting on her face though. Uh. Like the just the shadow, like how it is very lonesome. It's, all, it's very, right there. Oh yeah, yeah. like it and, is. Mm. And we got our hero, man. I love. He is helping. That is a very man. valuable speeder, right there. Uh, sixty million oh, okay. credits. Sixty million, and six to eight hundred was enough to get you set. Yeah. Like, or off the planet and wherever you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And pretty much set. Six to mm-hmm. eight hundred. And that's 60 million? Yeah. Damn. And that, that little moment there, I, God, I want Enfys Ness to show up again, man. Like, give Aaron Kellyman a job, bro. Mm. I need her around. Damn. 
Not one for Chewie too, you know. Not one for each of them. I don't know. You no, know, they like, roll together now. They roll deep. Fair enough. That's the yeah, but like, that's all you can spare. Like, well, you know, you know what he is, had to go through. They give them th- they give them that so they can go buy a ship. But he's like, nah, I got a better idea. <laughs> I could win a ship. <laughs> yeah, this is my other line. How much you know about Airtime's celestial bodies? Because I happen to be something of an authority. God damn, he's just God. He's smooth, and this is that other outfit, you know, that you're just like, God mm. damn, that necklace he's wearing. Yellow is his color. Oh, he looks good, man. <laughs> you think this is why Lando does what he does at Sky City? Um, um, I think Sky City, Cloud he City. has Cloud City. He has a little bit more of. He has more reason. Um, I think it makes him able to be okay with the possibility of Han. Oh, that that what you're saying is a is the much more meaningful um, metaphor out of it. I was going very simple, as in their literal first interactions. He walks up to Han and he, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's all awkward. At, you got you know, a lot of like, nerve coming back here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you don't know if they're friends at first, but then they, they hug and it's you like, know, ah. you old pirate. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, but no, that. Hello. Him, what have we here? You're right. And like Lando in empire is like, that is his like learning to, to not be so self-absorbed mm-hmm. and like do the right thing. And, mm-hmm. um, he can't really go on that journey yet. Like it has to be. Well, and it's, it's also funny that we start this movie and he's already quote unquote retired, you mm, know? Yeah. And we, yeah. <laughs> you know, we see, yeah. No, we see that that's far from the case. No. Um, God, he's so good as Han Solo. He is so fucking perfect. Um, mm. <laughs> if only you'd have this green Silop. Damn, not the fucking full sabak, dude. I don't even know what that hand was. Uh, I don't either. I wish I understood sabak. I want to. (laughs) That's the card game I want to play, you know? I wonder if it exists. Oh, it does. We could play sabak. Like, there are Star Wars fans who love sabak so much, they've made their own cards, and they've they've basically created sabak. Because there is, like, an official rule book from old Star Wars lore, and... Wow. It oh, literally man. is sold at Walmart. Oh, and they push the lever up together and in the dice. Yeah, man. God, yeah. and there we have another wonderful conclusion to another wonderful Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Perfectly, credits rolling at one one a.m. here. That's yeah, uh... perfectly on the dot. Um. Midnight yeah. right at the George Lucas scene, your favorite scene, and yeah. one o'clock right at the very, very end there. Love that. But yeah, this is a cool, cool writing team there with Lawrence and uh, Jonathan Kasdan, uh, father and son there. Mm. Uh, Lawrence was the uh, writer on Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm. Um, so his son, Jonathan Kasdan, joining him to write this and then going on to write Willow, uh, the TV mm. show that you can't find anywhere now that had, you know, Aaron Kellyman and Warwick Davis and 
Ron Howard directed the original, so a lot in common with that Willow sort of thing yeah. going on there in this one. But, uh, man, what a... That might have been my favorite watch of this movie ever. Um, it, it It's only getting better, is the thing. It, it has only gotten better every time I've watched it. Um, and that, I don't know. I, I don't think it... It uh it changed that time. It did only get better. It is like a I don't know, like Rogue One I feel like is more of like a fine wine. That movie is just incredible um in in every way. But this this surprise I don't know. I, I kind of came off the my last watch being like it's it is a lower tier than Rogue One, you know, it's not as critically up there, but this time I Oh, I it, the I was I was a little I noticed the visuals a little more. No, nah, man, like I'm uh, I come away from this one wildly satisfied. You know, I uh, I, I'm I had a great fucking time, and when it comes to a, a rating for this bad boy, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's always hard with Star Wars to to separate. You know, ten, ten, ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and obviously, I that. think that now with our our modern day um, mm. rating scale, we're probably just doing enjoyment and critical um, mm-hmm. as it has evolved. Um, Same weight, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw, let's throw that weight on there. Let's throw that weight on there. All right, got it all set up, ready to go. I think. Enjoy. I mean, let's see. Uh, back to to Rogue One. We did give it a ten on the enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, that one kind of is a true ten, though. I mean, it is like one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I mean, that is. makes me fucking cry. Yeah. That makes me feel so deeply. And not the to say that, like, the seen... only reason this one doesn't make me cry, this watch, is because we're recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker yeah. for. Oh, I, yeah, I cried. I cried last night. Was it last yeah. night? I feel like that was last night. Um, when I did watch it before. It, yeah, my letterbox looks funny right now. My recent activity is uh, uh, solo, <laughs> solo, and then a couple other movies. It's back yeah. to back there. Um, um, let's see. I wonder to compare to some other. Let's see, what would be a probably the director spotlight or comic book movies? What do we probably like? comic book movies? If we're being for real, as far as the comparisons are concerned, in enjoyment, um, like because my gut. When it comes to Star Wars, man, I, I'm having like floor enjoyment wise. If I'm being for real, nine five. Yeah, every every single Star Wars movie, floor it, nine five. Kind of just um, it has to be that way. Like I mean, it it, it just it's an it's an innate feature of Star Wars. If you're if you're a fan, infectious. It feels so gonna, right. Yeah, you're gonna like it. Nine five is Superman, um, the original. Uh, nine seven five would be Spider Man, one and ten would be Dark Knight. That is all we have at nine five. I mean, yeah, nine two five. That's Batman Begins and V for Vendetta, and undoubtedly higher than that is um, above that. Yeah, even even I'd I'd say this is is this the what is the bottom Star Wars movie out of every single one? Is it Attack of the Clones? Even then, I don't know. I like. There's not really one standout that is clearly the bottom. Yeah, like, for me, but, like that's my thing is that they are all floor nine five, which makes it so incredibly difficult to compare them to other things. Yeah. You know, um, they're in just a league of their own. Like, and I wonder, like, uh, if I could truly have this third 
you know, perspective or like outside perspective, not be a Star Wars fan as long as I have been and not have this nostalgia and all all of these things firing well, that's with like the thing I, is that there's not a there's not a I, I guess like i did see this in theaters five years ago i was in high school you know like it's a it's a special time for a star wars fandom at that point you know like we're getting movies every year and it's a big so it there is a degree of nostalgia involved there but mm. it's a much shorter relationship to this movie than i've had with the pt and the ot you know mm-hmm. like it's it's just that's a true. different ball game yeah, I guess um, most of the nostalgia is like coming from the origins that we're seeing in here, mm-hmm. like showing us what what would come later and stuff like that in the right, in right. The OT later. Yeah, you know, if, if I'm being for real with myself, mm-hmm. I'm going nine seven five. I'm going nine seven five. That's how I feel about this movie. I love, love, love watching it, and these last couple watches only made that more evident specifically this live commentary rewatch also reminded me how much i fucking love doing live commentaries first live commentary in a year i don't think we've done one since rogue one um i don't think so i think that that was the last time we have done it yeah it's uh it's just it's very very it's a easy fun way to watch a movie sit back, man. yeah sit back watch a movie chill Talk about the the best shit. It was nice having the the little bit of preparation beforehand as well. Yeah, I think that is how I'm going to approach live commentaries from now on is watching the movie and then talking about it as we watch it. But uh, yeah. yeah, if I'm being for real, I'm going nine seven five enjoyment. That's that's that feels right to me. Right. That feels good. Star Wars that's... and honestly, most Star Wars is just build big weapon, bad empire. We have to defeat him, and I love that. I mean, that's obviously. Mm-hmm. I love that, but this, I don't know, it kind of gives you something a little more. It's like, we obviously know there is an evil. It's its kind of the Empire. It's Crimson Dawn. It's this extension of the Empire. Um, yeah, the and, Crimson Dawn is given the ability to thrive because of the Empire's reign, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's its responsible for it. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, I get, like, so Ma, is Ma, Maul's like the top dog. Like yeah, he runs Crimson Dawn. Yeah. So okay, I, not not even like the the Emperor wouldn't be because yeah. Maul no, 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 no. Like it's just given the Empire's laws yeah. and the way that it abides by itself. Wow. Organized crime is able to thrive in a way yeah. that it wasn't able to under the Republic. Um, I see. It is very weird how Star Wars mimics actual history. Um, oh, it is sometimes. Um, and I, I just love that even in this movie where it is about the crime syndicate, it's it's obviously still going to get that anti-imperialist streak in there. And I absolutely adore it. It was reflected uh, in my favorite line, you know, their planet, we're the we're the hostiles. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, I feel it. like, uh, ah, I like that. I feel like I, I did spread the love as much as I could. I did have Han Solo, the character, Donald Glover as Lando. Uh, two different characters um i did have the kessel run um and then my shot was also the falcon so i guess i kind of double dipped on the falcon a little bit um but in, in a, a line from l3 there's yeah there's a lot of lo- lot lot to love about this movie so i got no problems with the 975 there at Deal. all critically that might be where we where we have a little bit more of yeah. a interesting choice to make there um, Rogue One, seven seven five. Wow, 
That seems pretty low, actually, for Rogue One. Now that I... Well, okay, that'd be Manhunter. That's what we just nice. gave Manhunter. A 775. Spoilers um, for next week. Oh, sorry. Um, everybody, everybody shut your ears. You didn't hear yeah. that. That's the only 775 we have given. I guess you know what? I mean, yeah. The director's spotlight. I mean, those are all fucking insanely good fucking movies yeah. like yeah so maybe me saying rogue one at a 775 is low I, a little quick a little quick to jump on that yeah um, you know because like i would say the highlight of this movie is the visuals i think that it's uh it awesome. it's visually inventive compared to a lot of other star wars movies it's extremely unique i think that the performances are extremely strong but i had a lot of gripes with some of the writing you know and i think that yeah ultimately where i shake out to is somewhere between a seven and a seven five um, i think yeah i mean it's definitely below rogue one that's mm -hmm. I, I think that's that's for sure and like it, visually though rogue one looks actually pretty good but i don't know now that i i've seen that I'm, I'm gonna next time i watch rogue one i'll i'll see if I don't know the visuals stack up to this but th this yeah you know i think it's more of a taste thing i think critically mm. when you're looking at I think critically evaluating Rogue One, it is probably a better looking movie, but I do think I would prefer to look at, uh, prefer to look at Solo. Like there's a lot of stuff in it that visually is just incredibly inventive. And I think that's. Yeah. Dryden Voss could have been written a little bit better. Yeah. Dryden Voss, the, the killing off of Val, the killing off of Rio, like just the underdeveloped. There, Maybe. there are a few characters that are extremely well-developed and those characters are Han Solo uh, Lando and Tobias Beckett. Kira yeah. is criminally underdeveloped, I think, and she mm. is a major part of the story. Um, and it's because she's shrouded in this mystery and you're not supposed to know everything about her. And that's fun, but it kind of hurts it. Um, the mystery kind of, it does defeat like, or deflate the movie a little bit. It's like maybe there could have been some way that the viewer knew some stuff about Kira mm -hmm. or Dryden that Han didn't know at the time. Right. But we are kind of on this journey with Han, so we're supposed to know what Han knows sort of thing. I, I, I get it. I get, like, why they went with what, you know, and it makes the ending much more of a crime, like, mm -hmm. you know, the double double agents, all, all this, all the shit that's going on. It, it just pops off at the end, and, like, then you see Darth Maul, and you're like, holy shit, you're like, what the yeah. fuck? Um. Yeah, so, so you know, the more the more I talk about it, I think seven seven two five is probably I mean, yeah, fair. I mean the middle there, I think. Um yeah, I do do like that. Man, this is I'm not usually at this angle. Cannot see my keyboard whatsoever. Um, but there we go. It would average out to an eight point zero eight, I believe. Did I do times yes. two to the right one? I did. Okay, I did. So yes, an eight point zero eight or an eighty one percent where rogue one well it came out to a nine nine five or nine five five but that was with a 10 in the genre as well if we do it under the new an improved rating system it'd be an eight five um overall so i think mm. yeah a little almost a half point higher uh than than solo i think that's that is fair yeah, I dig that. I dig that. In eighty one. Um, what did uh what does good old IMDB have to say? 
about this. They give it a 6.9. Nice. Yeah. Um, Unfair, me thinks. I believe that Letterboxd is also sub 3, so 2.9. Oh, um, please. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't agree with that, which would be a 5.8 on a 10-point scale. Um, wow, this ties The Last Jedi on IMDb, at least. They both have 6.9s. See, that's why you can't trust user ratings. The Last and Jedi is a fucking... It's, yeah, it's just, it is just user bombing. Yep, 7.4% of the votes on The Last Jedi are 1s, um, so... Now that's a live commentary I'm so fucking excited for is The Last Ooh. Jedi. When we get to the sequels, that's going to be... Oh, dude, I fucking love them. I fucking love them. But uh, hopefully we can get the ball rolling with the with a series of Star Wars live commentaries uh, sooner than later. Um, yeah, these, are, the these are fun. These are indeed fun. Maybe no need for tradition to bring them out. Uh, the tradition is nice. I do, I do enjoy it. The tradition is nice, and, you know, perhaps we could open it up to other movies we're thankful for, you know, as mm. well. If we wanted to do a Star Wars series, you know. Yeah. We could we could do that and then we could also, you know, open it up to, you know, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark, that sort of stuff. Just the, you know, it I think the spirit of it should remain the same. It shouldn't be like, well, we're going to do a live commentary of Parasite Fight today, Club. you know. Yeah, you know? yeah, it just wouldn't feel the same. It has to be a yeah. movie kind of like yeah, you know, it's it's something that makes me happy. It's something that makes me excited. It's what do you think about a live commentary of Zack Snyder's Justice League sitting down for four out? We'd have to have an intermission, like for real. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Yeah, actually um, talking for that long too. Because like, that's yeah. the other thing too is that like it's got to be a movie that I feel comfortable talking about the entire time. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars, I know I'm capable of that. You oh, know, yeah. like that's. That's oh, yeah, something that will doubt. never be a problem Star Wars wise. Um, the Batman, probably the longest possible mm-hmm. movie I could do a live commentary on the whole time. I could do the Batman. Oh my god! Uh, slight Batman side note. I think I was watching it the other day. I'm pretty sure a very early shot in the movie, you see the window of the Riddler's apartment. He is in there lining up like the sniper, like looking, like making sure everything's lining up, like you. But you don't know it's him. It's just a silhouette of the apartment, I think. I um, see. And I, cool. I, want, I, I don't know if that's real. That's just a weird side note on a solo, uh, you know, Star Wars episode. But but yeah, hey, man. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, everybody, for uh, for joining us. We're incredibly thankful for you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you if you spent your time with us here on Thanksgiving, wow, I appreciate you. That's incredible. Um, but if not, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Anywho. Um, I certainly did. It was a great start to my Thanksgiving here watching Solo. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, wonderful, wonderful time. And I'm uh, I'm incredibly thankful for Star Wars. And Joe, I'm I'm thankful for you for put for putting the time in here. Oh, the um, same as well. This is uh, I don't think we'd be doing it for this long uh, if we didn't like doing it, if we didn't enjoy this. Um, yeah, yeah. This is the third year of life it's been three live comms three years i guess the release of one was a little different but uh, yeah one one was uh yeah i didn't i didn't remember i knew there was definitely last year i remembered rogue one i didn't know that we actually recorded um 
the Star Wars one on Thanksgiving, and then just yeah, yeah, it's later. just carried over. Yeah, that's how that's how ahead we were. Um, I think it, it actually yeah, was that kind came of out in like February. Way, it came yeah. out in like the middle of February. Yeah, and we recorded that we on Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving, and we're like, wow, Star Wars time. Uh, this won't come out until whatever. But fuck it, let's do it. And yeah, it started a tradition. Lo and behold. Yes, it but did. Yeah. Yes, it did. And I'm incredibly thankful for it for that. But, you know, I I feel like we just recorded the Rogue One live commentary. So maybe this will, maybe another year will come and go and it'll be astonishingly quick. But uh, whatever next year may hold, we shall see. We'll see what we do for Thanksgiving 2024. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, with that, we will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. Um, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, all sorts of book reviews, movie reviews, comic book reviews, and the like. Uh, for $3 a month, you can support, support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter and letterboxed at pennybloompod. Follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be uh, listening. Remember to continue to download. Very, very helpful. Um, yeah, with that, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And you are the good guy. <laughs>